Hey guys, Hydraberg here from A Cut Above Horror Review. This week we start a cross-promotional podcast collaboration with the boys over at Spoils of Horror and Give Me Back My Horror Movies. This week we are covering Stephen King's Children of the Corn from 1984 with special guests G-Baby and Steve from Waxing the Porpoise Podcast. Make sure to check out Give Me Back My Horror Movies coverage of Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice, and then Spoils of Horror's take on Part 3, Urban Harvest. It's going to be a corny good time. Outlanders, it starts now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing the film Children of the Corn from 1984. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show, starting with welcoming back some very special guests and some good friends of ours. From the Waxing the Porpoise podcast, we got our good friend G-Baby. What's up, G-Baby? Yo, what's up? Thanks for having (laughs) us back. Yeah. We've also got Steve, his partner in crime on the podcast. How are you doing, Steve? Hello. Doing great. Glad to be back. Good to see you guys again. You too. It's so nice to have you guys on as guests. Such a dynamic duo. (laughs) (laughs) And next up, we got Hydraberg. What's going on, Hydraberg? What's going on, you outlanders? (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah. Well, four of us all together again. What's going on, guys? How's your week? Good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Actually... I spent a lot of money on fixing my Jeep. You guys know that. You guys heard uh, my Steve, my rear differential went on the Jeep. And Yikes. yeah, it cost me a good pretty penny. But, you know, it's fixed now. So you have it back Hopefully. now. Yeah, Hopefully. that's part of the Jeep life. Did it go out on the freeway or? No, no, I got it. I got it to work last Saturday and something was up. I thought it was a suspension issue because when I was turning, I was getting like this knock. Yeah. And I was oh. like, all right, I'm just going to bring it to the nearest shop and, and have them look at it. And when I went oh. to go move it, I told my boss, I was like, I just got to move my car real quick. And I went to go move it. And I got this grinding noise. And I was like, all right, I'm not touching it. Yeah. So I called the shop up on Monday and they were pretty smart. They didn't have to tow it. They put it in four wheel. They knew what it was. And they put it in four wheel drive and they were able to drive it to the shop and they fixed it. So I didn't have to replace the entire back end, but they did the casing and, all, you know, the whole posi, um, everything, all the gears, the spider gear and all that. I don't know. I'm not that mechanical, but I'm familiar enough. Hydraberg, I feel like your vehicular life is like as dramatic as a romantic relationship. I feel like there's a a human relationship between you. I mean, everybody has like problems with cars. I don't normally fall asleep and crash my car. That that was (laughs) one thing that happened last year. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it just seems like there's always drama. I don't know. I feel like uh, you you should star in Titan Two. Titan Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen a couple cars that I think I would shake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of one, but okay. A particular know. maker model. Lamborghini. <laughs> Maybe okay. a uh, Dodge Viper. Mm. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet table and put the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. We all know it's, it's Hydraberg's banana. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Sorry. Oh, Lordy. 
Well, G-Baby and Steve, uh, if our listeners haven't heard Waxing the Porpoise yet, which they should have, but if they haven't, you want to give them a quick rundown of what your show is and where they can find you? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Jim Jim is better at the links and everything, which we discovered on a, a recent podcast where he threw it. He threw it to me to do all the promo, <laughs> and I just gave out the most ridiculous website that I'm sure. Like wax <laughs> at wax dot virus. virus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it puts a Trojan horse in your computer if you went to whatever <laughs> website I gave you. It's like dot NZ or something. But, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, our, our, our show originated as Jim and I used to work together for a while, and it was endlessly entertaining for me to tell him the movies I had never seen because he's a huge cinephile and I just like to upset him. So <laughs> it started as uh, him shepherding me through the world of film and then it sort of evolved to include other just sort of bric-a-brac that either one of us are interested in, whether it's like uh, Unsolved Mysteries, True Crime. Um, yeah, kind of just whatever, whatever we feel like chatting about, so check it out it's a good time uh hardly ever stay on topic but it's a good time and we've had some cool people on and we'll have to have both you guys on uh as your schedule and interest allow that'd be awesome yeah it it is a good time i I might even argue that the lack of staying on topic contributes to it being such a good time yeah it totally works for your like format or like i don't know like it just works the way the banter like leads into something and then you go on a tangent and then we get back to the topic at hand and i enjoy it yeah i I think you like that you'll love it (laughs) yeah i think steve tempers my since my our tendency to kind of veer off the track and he'll bring it back in we'll bring it back home but i thought not to say i I told you so but uh i was thinking we'd we'd make a good team for like a podcast format. Cause I mean, honestly, like you strip away the mics and stuff. It's just him and me and him bullshitting at work, getting through the day, you know, like, so that's just, it's just us putting it on wax as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll say it for you. G baby, Steve, he told you so. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He actually yeah. said it on our show a while back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying it again, but uh, no, you're right. That's the that's the number one thing I think that I take away from your show is the the banter. Uh, you could just you can sense the friendship, and that's nice. I think that's a key to any good podcast, in my opinion, is just yeah. having people that enjoy being around each other and talking, and then whatever else comes after that, that's you know that's just extra. Yeah, I would yep. agree with Thanks. that for sure. It comes down yeah, to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to a podcast where people don't really know each other very well or don't like each other or whatever, like you can feel it, and it's just yeah. like it's like right. sterile at best. So, but that's cool. not you guys, that's for sure. That's how I feel about the um, porpoise enough. <laughs> I feel about the, the Generation Y podcast. If I whenever I listen to it, I'm like, God, I think these guys just fucking hate each other. I don't know why, but <laughs> no, I can see also sometimes. Uh, a little animosity also adding to the spice of a show also, you know what I mean? Um, if it adds to the banter and people ribbing on each other, but yeah, gotta be. You mean like when Joey and I got got in a fight on our black Swan episode about whether ballet dancers do their own makeup. (laughs) I I have no comment. I I don't don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 
Oh man, it wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> like uh, when I told when I told Jim I didn't like the burbs, and I thought he was gonna cry and hang up Uh-oh. on me. All right, I'm pressing. I'm ejecting. Yeah. Okay. Steve has left the meeting. I made, a, <laughs> made a couple of enemies that day. Yeah. <laughs> I just have one question for you, Steve. Yeah. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Just making sure. That was actually one of the first VHSs I got as a kid. And growing up in a nice, sweet Christian household, it was like a big deal that that was allowed in the home. So, yeah, that's got a special place in my heart. Oh, yeah, because definitely dinosaurs, are, you know, Satan created those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, there is some blood and gore in there. And Jeff yeah. Goldblum with his shirt open. So I get it. You know, yeah. I would actually argue that Jurassic Park is a deeply Christian movie. Uh, when I went to a very like scarily Christian summer camp as a child, there were counselors who tried to tell me that because of the way the Bible is worded, it must be that men walked on earth with dinosaurs. And they do so, in that movie. They certainly do. So yeah. there you go. Life, life finds a way. <laughs> that, it does. that was good. That was good. Um, yeah. So there, there you go. It's a Christian movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's why your parents were cool with it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, would you guys like to hear a little bit of horror news? Absolutely. All right. So uh, I'm sure at least two of you are aware of the uh, Evil Dead Rise film oh, yeah. that's coming out next in the kind of contemporary Evil Dead um, franchise. Um, so that played at South by Southwest recently. And it's getting great reviews. Um, Bloody Disgusting gave it a rave. For the most part, a couple little quibbles here and there, but it says the gore is gnarly. It's sticking with what makes an Evil Dead movie an Evil Dead movie. So it's like, you know, honoring what fans want to see in an Evil Dead movie and, you know, but also taking it into some new territory. Um, Bloody Disgusting says it's a self-contained story, so you don't need to have seen the one from, what is it, 2015, 13? Uh, 2013, yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. Um, and that the acting performances are amazing. So I don't know. How do you guys feel about that upcoming Evil Dead movie? Steve, uh, have you seen it? Sorry. Um, I've, I've seen the original a million years ago, but any of the subsequent ones, I have not. I meant you haven't seen this trailer yet. Oh no! It, you no, should no, check no. it out. It li- it's pretty gnarly, man. It got yeah. psyched. Yeah, it, check it out looks, the red band. Very it looks gnarly. fucking scary, man. <laughs> so from what I've heard is like it's like nonstop. Like once it gets going, it's just nice. like fucking heart pounding. Um, mm-hmm. just gore and like viscera and nonstop just scares. Um, it definitely. Yeah. I don't. I like. I could see the critiques of. I mean, it's Evil Dead. It's it's sacred ground that they're treading on, right? But we already had the, the remake in 2013, which some people consider the better film of, of all the films. I, I don't necessarily, but I think it's a worthy uh, remake. I do, yeah, I, I do think it's widely accepted by yeah. true fans. Like, it's, you know, I think yeah. it has a higher... Um, higher rate of open arms than a lot of other remakes and Definitely. reboots. And this so... is sort of like a pseudo-sequel, it feels like. Yeah. Like, it's in the same world it almost feels like it's taking place sometime after that it, it is in the similar. same world yeah, it is yeah. right because yeah. it's using similar like uh promotional art and stuff like that the, the mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that is the same but yeah but i mean I, it looks interesting yep i also read that there's um you know a fair amount of slapstick in it which Good. 
I don't remember seeing a lot of slapstick in the 2013 one. So if that's no. present in this movie, yeah. I feel like that is even more of a like sticking to the bones of the original, mm -hmm. you know? That is like the one thing that the 2013 was kind of missing was the, the yeah, it was like heavy metal and like no funk going well, on. Maybe, well, maybe the 2013 one was like the original Evil Dead and this one's maybe a little bit more like Evil Dead too. Yeah, I was just going to say that would, that yeah. would, that would line up actually because yeah. the first one was a little bit more serious or it was it was meant to be more serious and then the second one was definitely where the more the slapstick came into play steve is like yeah what those guys I'm trying are. <laughs> i'm trying to remember i might have seen the the second one as well which which is the one where the woman gets assaulted by a tree that's the first one. first one first one okay then uh yeah that's the one i remember you don't easily that's pretty forget. memorable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, the remake they did in 2013, that scene in particular is pretty heavy. Yeah, that's this is a heavy scene. It's a yeah. it's a tough thing to film in general. And then you have a tree doing it. Just you'd think it would be like add some levity, but it doesn't. It's still just tough to watch. Yeah. Timber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was weirdly appropriate. Right. <laughs> All right, next little piece of news. This one's just a little tidbit, but if you haven't heard already, Jordan Peele's fourth movie has a release date. So we had Get Out from 2017, Us from 2019. Last year we had Nope. And we will see his fourth movie come out on Christmas Day 2024. So we got a while to wait. Do hmm. you think it's a, a holiday themed? Uh... I, I don't know. I kind of hope not. That's a little too cutesy for him, but who knows? Um, we there... literally we literally know nothing else about it. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If there are any other details other than the release date, we don't know any. I don't know. We don't know what the story is. We don't know if it's even written. We don't know any uh, cast members. So it's. I mean, it's still about a, a year and nine months away. So not sure, but I, I imagine yeah. we'll be getting more news as it gets closer and things develop so we'll keep you posted here but we have a christmas of 2024 uh release date so we at least we know when to look forward to he's got my money i'll definitely see it oh yeah time. i don't give a shit what it is like i, I mean i really don't maybe I'll, it's I'll a grinch remake so absurd but like what, what if he did didn't the first scream movie come out in like january like fifth or something so maybe He's just doing something totally different, but I would tend to like my gut. My first instinct was like, well, yeah, maybe he is because you're smack dab on Christmas. Maybe he is doing something funky. Maybe he'll like go like deeper into history and do something more folksy than like a, a Santa Claus, like, you know, uh, Christmas trees and candy canes kind of horror thing. Maybe he'll take a stab at something more esoteric. Yeah. Maybe we could just be reading into it more than yeah. because of the release date. It's just there's plenty of movies that release on Christmas that have nothing to do with the holidays. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of annoying because if all we have is a release date, then literally all we can do is speculate. But I mean, yeah. it is a it is a notable date, so I can't help but speculate a little bit. <laughs> but who knows? You know, I'm sure news will trickle in as as the next year and nine months go by. So there you go. So you guys are the experts. Are there many? Hanukkah themed horror movies that you can think of. Hmm. No, I wish that Michael was a... here. Michael from Horror for you. Yeah, he might know. be a I mean, horror apocalypse. Sorry, untapped um, market. 
hang on because i do have a friend who told me about some once so. oh I, I don't know if it's hanukkah related but i know there's one <laughs> i think it's called uh fuck it's like tulpa or maybe it's Gollum. isn't there haven't you seen that one hyderberg it was on shutter isn't it like uh jewish oh uh, i know of Gollum. i haven't seen it though um okay because I know that's in their tradition, I think, or or folk, yeah, it doesn't have or... to do with Hanukkah, but it is an exploration of like the Jewish myth um, of, of the golem, the dreidel driller killer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, let me do dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I stab you in the face. Uh. <laughs> dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. We'll put that on the cut above um, soundtrack. Yeah, a um, holiday special. There, there are several horror movies that I know that I know of that are based around Jewish myths, like certain ancient like Jewish mythology. But I don't know of any um, Hanukkah themed ones. I feel like a friend of mine told me about one once, but I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it is, and I can't like Google and talk at the same time. So. Yeah, <laughs> there is the Hebrew Hammer, which is not horror and it's not based on Hanukkah. But have you ever seen the Hebrew Hammer, Steve, with uh, Adam mm-hmm. Goldberg, who played Mellish from Saving Private Ryan and Crazy Eddie from Friends, the freaky roommate? Uh, I have not seen it. I, I feel like I've heard of it. But... Dude, Gee, he... baby, you told me about that movie. Yep. and Now I fucking love it. It's so good. It's like it's an so exploitation. Fucking... Yeah, it's like a Jewish exploitation, exactly. Yeah. Like Jewish exploitation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now on Friday, now on Friday nights, I'm like Shabbat Shalom, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and he busts out like two double barrel shotguns and just. Oh hell yeah, dude! He goes into like a Nazi it's bar pretty... and just fuck shit up. It's dude, it's so oh, funny. It's really sounds, good. That sounds right at my alley. There, it's it's, it's really, really hard good. to find. Yeah, we had to order a DVD from some random. Yeah. I think it was like used on Amazon or something. We had to buy mm. the DVD, but yeah, we, we watched it. And- I think it was put out by Comedy Central. I yeah, think. it was. It was it like was one of their it? originals. Yeah. Yep. So that's probably why they, they, if they never released it on disc or they only yep. did on DVD, maybe. Steve, I have an answer for you. Yes. There is a movie from 2019 called Hanukkah. And this website says this is the Jewish slasher flick you never knew you needed. Hanukkah nice. shares a direct link to its gritty and low-budget forebears of the 80s thanks to an original score by Friday the 13th composer, blah, blah, blah. The villain of this movie is Obadiah Lazarus. Wait, is this a movie about killing Jews? No, I... it's just... <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> we don't condone that on the show. Uh, no, it's he about a crazy rabbi. rabbi. Oh, okay. Sweet. He just that's goes around awesome. POV shots and he's uh, circumcising everybody. Hell yeah. <laughs> Flashing oh, them. Get, get this. He murders them before gruesomely carving a scar of David into their chest. Nice. Hell yeah! Of David. There's also oh a uh, there's a supernatural film called Hauntica. It's about Ooh. a ghost. I'm really? Just, I made that up. up also. Yeah, wow! <laughs> you just did that on the fly. That's, that's pretty a, impressive. That's good marketing. Though. That would that, that yeah. Hauntica. It does seem like an untapped uh, <laughs> or cornered yeah. market. <laughs> All right, you guys want to hear my last little news story? Yeah. yeah. All right, so Guillermo de, Guillermo del Toro, our uh, you know, I think we're all, you know, at least reasonable fans of his. Um, he's working on an upcoming film based on Frankenstein for Netflix. Oh yeah. The script is still being written currently, so nothing is really like set in stone yet. But there are rumors that he's been talking to Mia Goth and Andrew Garfield and Oscar Isaac, all three of whom I would be extremely down for. 
Discuss. I, I heard that Mia Goth's supposed to play like a love interest to Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. I want a movie where she plays the monster. Right? Or the bride. Like, yeah, give me a twist. A yeah. Bride. Yeah. I'm wondering if Oscar Isaac's going to be the monster or I could see him playing that or the doctor. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, because I could see his facial features yeah. fitting, you know, like he's got the real square jaw, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, that 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 tight like V shape, you know, like that would lend mm-hmm. itself to the the monster. And I could totally see um, who's the other dude. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. He's yeah, I, could see, I could see Garfield being a really good doctor, too. Like, yeah. I would not want to see Andrew Garfield as the creature. No. Yeah. I don't I feel he's imposing enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who's going to play like... Flabruca? Who? Flabruca. That's her name from uh, Dr. Frankenstein, uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. It's been a minute since I've seen that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I. I, for one, am extremely excited about that. I love old Guillermo, and I am a Frankenstein. So I... (laughs) Nice. That was awesome. uh, Thank you. (laughs) So I will eagerly await that one. Um, I don't know a release date yet, but it is for Netflix, so that'll be cool. Um, Like I said, still in the script writing stage, but I have full confidence in whatever Guillermo does. So I will just eagerly await it like I will whatever Jordan Peele's thing is. So. So cool stuff coming up, y'all. Put on the rats. All right. Somebody asked me why I chose Children of the Corn. Jacqueline, why'd you choose Children of the Corn? Thanks for asking, Hydroburg. So sweet. (laughs) Uh, Well, as you may remember, it's March, which for us this year is Creepy Children Month. And you know I love a theme. So that's our theme this month. Uh, I thought this would be a great choice because we definitely got some creepy kids to work with. But there's a second, even cooler reason that we've chosen to cover tonight. Hydroberg, you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, we here at A Cut Above, we're doing like a three-way cross-promotional like collaboration. We're doing a three-way. That's what you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the sample from, that's the soundbite from that one. Um, (laughs) And you said you weren't funny before. You're like just laying on the jokes tonight. Um, Yeah. So we're doing a cross-promotional collaboration with the boys at Spoils of Horror and Give Me Back My Action and Horror Movies uh, podcasts. so we're covering Children of the Corn 1 tonight and um, Give Me Back My Action and, and Horror Movies have just released Children of the Corn 2, uh, Final Sacrifice. And then tomorrow, also, when we release our episode, um, Spoils of Horror is also going to release uh, the third film, Urban Harvest. Um, I've recently just watched all three films. Uh, I double featured two and three, and they're pretty ridiculous. We kind of got Yikes. the more serious film of the three. I was just going to ask if any of you guys had seen the second or third parts. Yeah, I did. I Either never you guys... have. Steve, you're a big I... fan of the franchise, right? What's <laughs> <laughs> your favorite franchise? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> G, baby, never, what were you going to say? I never have. I tried watching two last night, and I think I passed out before the it got to directed by like the opening. Crowd. Oh my God. Oh, my. Which I mean, I can't, I can't throw shit at the movie for that. I was just tired, but like, <laughs> you're like, I was drunk and tired. How much Delta but... eight were you on at the time? No, I was just straight up <laughs> dog tired. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's, that's, that's not against the movie, but uh, they're not know. fantastic films, but I do recommend after tonight's show, maybe 
give them a watch because there's some funny parts to them and there's some good gore right on i, I will remember say the oh, third one the movie cover i see i remember that like branded into my brain like going through like the horror section growing up through blockbusters and shit like that the just the imagery of that dude the kid holding the scythe or the yeah little sickle end the third on one's the funny because it's the urban harvest it's where yeah, the kids I, take it to the streets they go I read the description i almost yeah. picked that one and jumped too but i was like no let's try they to take it, it to order. chicago the inner city so just the whole concept, like, forget about even the concept, just the title, Children of the Corn, Part 3, Urban Harvest, like, in <laughs> itself has so many contradictions to it that it's just so absurd that it automatically makes me love it because it's so fucking brazen in its ridiculousness. I can't wait to hear Stephen and Leo cover I parts of it. I'm dying. I, tomorrow can't come soon enough. <laughs> There's one in scene in particular that I watched and I was just like, oh, this is worth covering the entire movie for because <laughs> this scene is just so ridiculous. Just goes to show shitty movies can still have value. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. Don't yeah. write them oh, They definitely do. All right. Well, you guys ready to decide whether this movie fucks or sucks? Absolutely. All right. Um, I th- we'll change things up. How about we let our esteemed guests go first? Um, Steve, would you like to weigh in on whether it fucks or sucks? Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I've ever seen it. I've obviously heard about it my entire life as a kid. Previously discussed growing up in a nice Christian home. This movie and The Exorcist were sort of held up as the two most evil, scary movies of all time. Uh, the Exorcist for obvious reasons, but for some reason this movie was always sort of referred to as, uh, you know, the the pinnacle of scary, twisted, whatever movies. Um, I think I'd probably feel a little differently if I'd seen it when I was younger, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I would say it fucks for sure, but I think it's one of, I was trying to think of a good analogy, and so the the only thing I could come up with was, it's like if you had a crush on somebody as a kid and then you got together with them later and it was kind of disappointing and you're like, I don't know what I was thinking it was supposed to be this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a, a disappointment retrospective fuck, but it's still good. Sort of like a, it's like a grilled cheese sandwich. You know, you, you get why it's a classic, nothing super spectacular, but overall I'd say it's solid. I enjoyed it. So all right, cool. That's nice. a good assessment. Kind of surprised by that take. Yeah, well done. Okay. Yeah, I am too. A little bit. G well, baby. I mean, it had it had two oh. of my favorite things that we can we can get into later. Porn. <laughs> I can yeah. guess one for sure, and All I right. should have I should have known it much earlier. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, for me, uh, I don't know. I I feel really similar to Steve. He kind of took the words out of my mouth, but. I would say at the end, this is kind of a lukewarm fuck. Uh, this is like, I think if I would have seen it earlier, uh, I, w- I would think differently because it kind of got built up in the same way. I wasn't as like religious, I don't think, than Steve, but my mom tried to keep me away from trouble. So we like kind of played Christians on TV. Um, <laughs> so there was like some stuff she was like real, like, no, you can't watch this. Like you can't watch America's most wanted. Like it's bad. <laughs> but then I could go, watch, I could watch like Terminator one or Terminator two, you know, it just, 
at odds Same. with each other but like this was one that was held up like in that kind of like that fabled like oh it's fucked up it's like you know you're you're gonna let something evil in and so wow. when i saw it it falls a little flat because i mean it's not that it's not this horrendous thing that i pictured in my mind's eye um but it is still fun it it's uh it's got good replay value it's this is a nice like lazy lazy sunday kind of just vegging on the couch watch for me i would say so lukewarm fuck another doggy was that pun intentional yeah that's that's a little bit more laid back this is more like you're laid up Mm. okay (laughs) all right Jacqueline, would you like to go or you want me to go you go ahead hyderberg all right uh i can see like what you guys are saying about like this film did have like an aura about it or like I don't know, it had a reputation and it's not really, there's not really anything crazy, but I feel like a lot of adults maybe didn't want us to watch it because it's about a movie about kids killing fucking yeah. like, <laughs> they just didn't want us ideas. getting ideas, you know what I mean? They were like, hell no, I'm not showing that to my fucking kid. I gotta sleep in the same house as them. Yeah, seriously, good <laughs> you know point. I mean? um, so yeah, but uh, for me, this is like my second time. I seen it a long time ago when I was young, like back in the VHS days, you know, um, the old movie rental days. So for me, this is this is a corn syrup lubed flaccid fuck. <laughs> All right. The discussion right. might sway me further into the more fucks territory, but for right now, it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Heidelberg, I'm in about exactly the same place as you. Um, yeah, it has kind of an outsized reputation because I, and I think that might be because like the concept of what it's about is like disturbing and a good story but i think there's you know in the execution maybe it doesn't kind of live up to the expectation it creates for itself so um yeah i'm gonna say it's a flaccid fuck as well but let's see where i land by the end but for now just it just barely fucks i would say so, right. I just realized I fucked up the terminology. I meant flaccid fuck too. I don't know why I said lukewarm. No, I, I got what you meant. Lukewarm flaccid. It sounds the same. Brand. Brand. I didn't Lasted even notice because I was too busy contemplating vegging out watching <laughs> Children of the Corn. I'm just curious what's going around your house on Sunday afternoons because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of kinky shit going on. <laughs> sort of lazy sex. I, Sunday I morning, you gotta yeah. get it in. There's a yeah. Yeah. Narrow doggy yeah. style on a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh my god, was that bringing your, it like, back, Bruce Springsteen or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> oh, fuck. uh, yeah. So, you want me to drop the spoiler warning? I'm ready. Say what now? I said, you want me to drop the spoiler warning? Yes, please. Sorry, I didn't have my earbuds in for a second. All right, so we are going to talk about Children of the Corn from 1984. We're going to spoil the film. So pause the podcast and go watch the film and then come back to hear what we think. Yeah, do it. All right, Hyderberg. I, I'm I'm ashamed to say that when I just, my brain moved to the reach around portion that I was going to cue you up for, um, I, I had some bad mental images of like corn. and Anyway. Um, <laughs> Unwelcome thoughts. Heidelberg, do you have a reach around plot summary for us? I have a very corny reach around <laughs> for you guys. All right. Ready. I'm, I'm ready. Bring it. All right. Gatlin on the map, a spot, a tiny town that time forgot. The setting for a fiendish plot. 
The children turn, their minds they rot. Worship for the season's crop. All adults, their pulses drop. Two lovers come, this place they stop. Around the town, they take a gander and come across the corn commander. Isaac spits a cultish slander at all adults and outlanders. With Malachi, his right-hander, these children dealt a massive blow. The older folk reap what they sow for challenging what's behind the rose as past and present come to blows. Between youth and adulthood, a line was drawn, a rural place where evil's born. So walk with us beyond the corn. Nice. As usual, you are just a master of rhymes. I love corn commander, an <laughs> outlander. I am the corn commander. <laughs> that was amazing. I don't know how you do that, man. Save that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do it. I do it right before we have to fucking record. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that was awesome. As Jacqueline, you have you read this short story? I have not. I'm a little ashamed to say. It's like so. a novella. Um, yeah, it's it's a short story from the um oh shit, which collection was it? Uh, Night shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night, Night shift. shift. Um, and I've read several of his short story collections, but not that one. So um, I could see why this movie's not full like fully fleshed out the way we might want it to be, based on the fact like how much material might have been there to um build upon. Like if you wrote a script around this, I feel like you a lot of the work would be on your end. You're not reading an entire book and and then developing it. So I feel like the film sort of falls a little flat in that aspect. There's elements of I think really cool like the premise is great. Um I sir, I love like the opening shots of the corn and the setup, and I love the, I love the intro scene of the kids turning on the adults. I think that scene is oh, perfectly yeah. done. Like I yeah, love that yeah. scene. It's so unsettling to see these kids just turn on these adults and how methodical everything was, and like the timing of it all, and when they did it, and like their positioning, and they re- it was all super thought out. And it's that part was scary to me, you know. I agree. And, yeah. Well, and I think that, yeah. very strong, very strong opening. That's for sure. Well, and I, th- I think I agree with you guys. And I think part of the reason the rest of it kind of falls flat in terms of like scariness or like disturbingness is that like in the opening scene, it's just like two or three kids who are like enacting this whole like violent assault. Right. And through the rest of the movie, it's like there's really only a couple of evil kids and the rest of them are just kind of followers. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scared to rebel. Yeah, but they're not really evil. They're just like following a strong personality as mm-hmm. a leader. And what I think would have been far more disturbing for me. And again, I haven't read the short story, so I do have some trivia about it, which might okay. explain some of this stuff, which I'll get to. I think you guys will find it interesting, but just in terms of the story, for me, what would be more frightening is more of a Lord of the Flies situation. That's what I was just thinking where before. If you like remove the constructs that adults have built for society and you have children who are governing themselves and over time you see them eventually go feral and you see like what children can be capable of in terms of how they interact with each other and what they do to survive without any like adult guiding hand or anything like that to me like like i find lord of the flies very scary Mm -hmm. um and this to me is just kind of like you know little this was like kind of more representative i think of you know how children 
would be after like a week and not three years. You know, they haven't yeah. really had like they're still behaving in a very civilized way and they're like they're just kind of they're they're just like kind of dumb kids and they're just like, oh, he says we have to do this, so we're gonna do it. And they haven't really um, built their own like they haven't established their own community yet. Like you said, like over time, if we had, if we had Bert and Vicky show up, which I feel like we don't even need those characters necessarily. Like you said, just to see children turn on each other at some point, or like to see people rebel against the cult, like sort of mentality that would have been more interesting. Yes. And horrific. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. It's like, I would have wanted more of like a societal breakdown that forces yeah. them to become more animal like. You know, uh -huh. which in children, which is scary enough in adults, like we see this in like zombie movies where it's like post-apocalyptic and oh, the real monsters are the people and they're turning into like in children. I think that would be even more frightening. So I guess, yeah, that's that's what I think would have made it more effective for me and like more unsettling is, is more of a like feral Lord of the Flies situation. Yeah, definitely. Because like in the beginning, they have that that little kid who's doing the narration. So it's like you kind of know that like, all right, so like. There's somebody who survives at some point and they're doing the narration. Um, mm -hmm. He was kind of annoying at first, I'll be honest, but like my hate is warranted because uh, I noticed that like he was uh, the little bastard was drinking a milkshake without a straw. And like, who who fucking does that? <laughs> Come on, yeah. man, you got to use a straw with Monster. the milkshake, bro. I know. I and like, also, that's how I knew he was sort of evil. Well, also, he was kind of mush-mouthed, and like I couldn't understand he what he said most of the time. Yeah. I'm like, I bet he's the kind of guy who eats cereal without milk, also, and just a little heathen. You guessed, he's my spawn. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm like, articulate <laughs> yeah. a little, bro. Yeah, uh, but I, man, just going back just to the opening scene though, like there was a good amount of gore. Like you don't see most of it; it's off screen, but like it's all implied, and it's enough that like it's unsettling. You, we see Isaac kind of give the go ahead through the window. And he's the he's the main like he's the weirdo kid, right? Like He's the one that we don't really understand. There's not enough backstory, I feel like, given for him. Like he came from out of town um, and it seems like maybe he's not just a normal kid. Like he is possessed by the he who walks behind the rose or or he's in contact with him more so than anybody else. Malachi is his his like right hand. And that's the one kid that definitely believes everything that he says. And like you said, Jack, and we don't see enough where it would have been interesting to see him preaching more to them and like swaying some of these kids further away from their their beliefs that their parents instilled in them. And then like some kids still rebelling against that and this community like come like building, but at the same time falling apart. And that would have been a more interesting story than just having these two outlanders show up, in my opinion. I agree with that. Um, in regards to the opening scene, something else that makes it really charming and makes me really smile is the fact that this setting is so wholesome. Like yeah. I love the the very wholesome look of this little Midwestern diner with little flowered wallpaper on the wall. And um, just kind of that like timeless Americana kind of scene with like, you know, a little diner and waitresses pouring coffee and people sitting at tables eating their hash browns or whatever. And, it's just like such a pleasant, like a classic scene, you know, and then this like horrible, brutal massacre occurs. And, and it's just, like, a, it. it's like a jail. It's like a prison fucking shit. Like everybody's yeah. got makeshift weapons, like hidden and shit like that. They're pulling out of nowhere. Yeah. They got it all planned out. They got signals and stuff. Dude, the yeah. creepiest, one of the creepier parts to me is that look when they zoom in on Isaac going through that window and he's got that fucking rye, like, ugh. 
Yeah. yeah. Isaac's During that shot, Joey and I at the same time went, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joey watched this with you? He watched most of it, and then he was like, okay, I'm getting a book. <laughs> he, likes, okay. he sat with me for the rest on, on the couch and, and read his book. I got to yeah. give a, there was a deli slicer kill in this, which. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was hardcore. I, I haven't awesome. seen one of those since, um, uh, what's it called? Poultry guys. I thought you were going to say since you sliced your own finger off. No, but <laughs> I, I have sliced the tip of my finger off a long time ago. Just a little bit of it. Just yeah. a tip. <laughs> Just see how it feels. <laughs> so yeah, we we skip ahead a little bit after the um the brutal killing of all the adults, um, which I I wish they played on a little bit. I wish we saw more of that too. I wouldn't have minded to see. Yeah, because they alluded to like it happened in other places, you yeah. know, like throughout town, which it obviously had to because the whole town's not stuck in one diner. But yeah, it would have been cool to see like maybe like not like a montage, but like maybe a couple quick cuts to like the barber shop. Like someone's in there getting his haircut and he's got the, and then some, he comes in with the, like the, yeah. the straight razor, you know, like he's going to get a shave and just bleh, blood and the fuck. Yeah. or like, Perfect. you know, post office, you know, people going into like, uh, you know, the grocery store, but that was probably like budget time kind of thing. I, I do think yeah. just the premise of like kids going awry and evil, like, it's a it's a and cool being idea coordinated like, like that like yeah it's like fucking it's kind of scary like, man yeah that that idea of that is like you know and they're wow. doing all this without social media and the and the internet like it's tough to put yeah, all they those, can't even text each other yeah, it's yeah, i mean it took TikTok such effort yeah. right? <laughs> i kept i kept thinking um when the when the kids were attacking even early and then later on I couldn't help but think, I wonder if Jim and I were together, how many of these little fuckers we could take out, <laughs> armed or unarmed. Just so like I did bat. write that in my notes. There's a scene <laughs> later where Bert gets introduced and he like fights some of these kids and he's pushing them around and like slapping them around. And I just envisioned that scene from that skit where the guy's just slapping anybody at the barbecue. Yeah. At the party, <laughs> including kids. And so any kid that just steps up to me, which is like, <laughs> I mean, they did oh, have a couple, like, one dude was almost 19. Yeah. You have uh, Outlander fucking Malachi. Everyone else seems pretty, a lot smaller. Like, it kind of, like, there's, like, yeah. a, a big slide down to, like, all the way to, yeah. like, five-year-old kids. So, yeah. And seeing know. them do evil stuff is more, like, yeah. seeing a 19-year-old do something is, like, I can, you know, that's not as startling. But seeing, 19-year-olds like, do shit every day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like in the lore, apparently, like nineteen is the cutoff age. That's when you become an adult in their eyes. And then right. I don't know what happens to. I guess so. Like that one guy who's going to sacrifice himself, he's becoming yeah. nineteen. Yeah, yeah, okay. he's like yeah. the oldest, the eldest one. Yeah, and he's like totally bought into it. Like, yeah, yeah like he wants to go him. into the corn and like join he who walks behind the rose. So yep. he like wants to join his lord or whatever. Um, I have to say, I I really like the opening credit sequence and the way it kind of tells yeah, us what's drawings. going on with yeah with the drawings yeah um i mean obviously the drawings were done by a professional artist who's trying to make it look like a child did it but i think they're really effective um and like yeah. they capture the childlike quality of you know a real child's drawing but also like reveal a lot about the story and, and what's going on and i i think they're really really good and i think that's one of the best aspects of this movie because that comes back later throughout the movie mm -hmm. a few times where you see more drawings because the little girl's having visions or whatever yeah um they were done by sarah who's job's sister and mm -hmm. she's very cute um but i was very curious about, like what exactly so she's like a prophet he says she has the sight 
or whatever, and they kind of like the same as Isaac has the sight. I don't know if it's like a different power because I know it's in the Stephen King universe, and he has there's all kinds of different you know powers and and things that people are capable of. So I wasn't sure. She hasn't bought into his like Isaac's bullshit, but at the same time, Isaac seems to want to use her or like sees the same visions as her or like I don't know or just like she's a valuable resource. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. What were you gonna say, Jackie? Um, so I, this was going to come out in trivia, but it, it works here. Um, so those two characters of Sarah and Job do not appear in the Stephen King story. They were written into the script oh. um, because the screenwriter felt it was like too horrible to have like all characters who would just like buy into Isaac's yeah. nonsense. Like he wanted to have some additional characters who were like, apart from that you know and so he created those two characters excuse me and um but yeah he gave her this like kind of ability to see you know that ability to have visions to basically give isaac a reason not to kill her so it was it's really kind of just like a plot device so i like i actually like those two characters even though they were i didn't know that they were made up for like i really like joe He's got some pretty cool uh, dialogue and and parts of this film. Um, And there's like the moment where they're like playing Monopoly. I thought that was just a cute scene. And they're like playing dress up while they do it. Like they're like super rich or whatever. But then (laughs) Isaac, I mean, Malachi comes in and totally fucking like doesn't like. I guess you can't play games in this world or whatever. Like fucking buzzkill, man. Yeah. And it is like forbidden. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. There's uh. (laughs) So they they're not the only kids that are rebelling a little bit. Uh there's that one kid Jacob who tries Joseph. to run away. Yeah. Um he Where's tries to I guess he's going to run away to get help. But I thought that scene played out so dumb because the one little kid's like he's lookout and he's looking out and then he just shouts across like as loud as anybody yeah. can hear. Yeah. Go go nobody's looking. <laughs> nobody's watching. Like super loud, bro. Like try giving a fucking sign or a signal or something, but like yeah. be a little bit less conspicuous. Yeah. Like <laughs> the fuck are you doing? No wonder Malachi knew where that kid was. They're little kids. They're bad at like being I quiet. I love that. Just go go. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can hear us. <laughs> And then I like the kid's death, though. Like, we get that little blood splatter on his briefcase. So we're like, oh, shit, he's fucked up. And then mm-hmm. that's where we get introduced to Vicky and Bert. Well, we get introduced to them right before that. But they're on, like, a road trip. Um, and then they hit him. But he's, like, probably already dead. I feel like. Uh, I Yeah. Well, I like- Dr. Bert later, you know, diagnoses him. And is like, he was already dead when he walked out into the road. Which yeah. is the dumbest fucking thing that I've ever heard a yeah, doctor care. <laughs> yeah, he's like um, worried about covering his ass. Like, oh yeah, like, he's... yeah, he just like immediately jumped to yeah. la- that conclusion. Like, like Bert plows into him too. Like, just mm-hmm. not, like doesn't even <laughs> sure break. Does. I f- um, I feel like that when they hit him, like just the speed the car's going, but like the way they they cut it real quick too. It's like it made it seem like the car's traveling like. 112 like lights yeah. they were yeah fucking you're on a desolate road like they, you, all you can see is right ahead of you like how do you not see the yeah. kid but yeah well he was yeah. looking at the map because she was yeah, like where oh yeah and he could have stumbled kind of traipses his yeah, way right. out into the middle but yeah he should have been vaporized by that fucking impact. yeah seriously um he was pretty <laughs> fucked up after that uh so but also L- linda hamilton her initial scream 
when they yeah. hit him is pretty pretty hardcore too. I could see her be she has a really good scream. She lets she's, uh, a couple she's times pretty foxy in this too. I'm not gonna lie. Super uh, hot. Yeah. Young yeah. Hamilton. Um yeah. I was waiting for her to quote uh there's no fate but which we make ourselves, but <laughs> she didn't say that. I was <laughs> Uh, but I did believe the chemistry in the beginning, at least between her and um, Bert. Like, it seemed like there was, I don't know, I could believe that they were a young couple kind of like starting a new life together. Um, there's not a ton of, I feel like her acting was a little bit hammy, but for the most part, like she was pretty good. Um, but I, what I found really like disturbing was that like they plow into this kid, right? They, he's fucking dead. Like they kill him, right? Bert goes to check him out. Vicky comes over his shoulder. She checks it out. They're not that bothered by the fact that he's dead. They're like, oh, oh, well, you know, oh, what, do, what do we do? We can't just leave yeah. him here. And, and then and then what does Vicky do? She goes and takes a fucking nap in the car. Right. She has a dream about Malachi stalking her, which is like very creepy. Right. He's coming from out the corn. It's like, oh, Malachi has been watching the whole time. He set up the body. We see that he's like coming up on her in the car. And then and then it was just a nightmare. And then, like, I just can't understand how she dozes off after you just fucking killed a kid and you decide to take a cat nap. When she, like, when she yeah. first walks over to look at, look over his shoulder, she's just kind of, like, moseying yeah. up. Like, she's yeah. not even, she's just kind of, she looks curious. I'm like, if that were me, the amount of tears and snot that would be coming out of yeah. my face, like. That's when the scream would have been better used yeah. right there. Yes. And then she's like. I felt like I was being watched. I'm like, in my notes, I'm like, bitch, how the fuck would you know you were taking a cat nap? Like, <laughs> how would you know if you're being watched? You <laughs> fell asleep after you just ran someone over. Yeah. Well, and when she walks over, isn't she just like, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> is he, is he, is he dead? I saw I saw a little piece of trivia. I don't know if I'm mm. upstaging. Oh, it's okay. Um the scene in the dream where she goes over and pulls the sheet back and the kid jumps up or whatever. Apparently they had told her, we're just going to use a mannequin because it's too hot to have a real actor laid, lay down on the road or whatever. Nice. So just go over there. It's going to be an actor or a, a mannequin and then just pull it back. And then when she did, the kid fucking flings up, scares the shit out of her. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. I awesome love that. Friend. I love when movies do stuff like that where they don't tell certain actors what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I like that even that's more. Because yeah, that was I, I was going to say that's an that initial maybe the only jump scare uh, is really good one. So that's cool. Yeah. It's all, it was they did it authentic like that. I'm also super turned on that Steve did a little trivia for this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. I to, to dip into the the old oh, yeah. IMDb vault here. And, I dig and it. There. I dig it. <laughs> Uh, so Isaac, I don't know, like, there's not, there's not a ton of lore around him. Like, we find out that, what, he was from out of town and he was a preacher already. They, they say he's a son preacher. Son of a preacher, man. Son of a preacher. He's a son of a preacher, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got the, I got the impression he was being used by whatever this evil entity is as sort of the, the proxy to, to like yeah. Pied Piper, the kids in town. Okay. To get yeah. them on board. He sounds like an old man a little bit when he talks, but then I also notice he kind of sounds like one of the lollipop kids. Well, did you look up how old he was in this fucking movie? Yeah, he's like he's a little person, right? Or he's a smaller statured uh, kid. He had some kind of I thought it was some kind of disease or he had some kind of like really super rare like affliction, kind of like one of those Jack deals like with Robin Williams, like where you age fast or what it's like poly something or Yeah, because yeah. I did there's a Pro- Scottish trivia. 
I think he has the reverse Jack thing because he looks like he's nine, but he's actually oh, okay. like so twenty five. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so some weird like uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Button, Button deal. He played cousin <laughs> It in the Adams Family movie. Oh really? Yeah, and he was also in Child's Play, and he was in Tammy and the T Rex also. Of uh, a couple oh, of the fuck. films that he was in. Yeah, because yeah. Of he was in Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah, apparently. That movie. I think you that. that. I fucking love that movie. I don't yeah. think he was like. <laughs> He might have not been uh, uh, an actual role. He might have been in something, like in a suit or something. So yeah, apparently he just, he just has a hormone deficiency, oh, a, okay. a growth hormone deficiency. Mm. So like he's, he develops normally, just doesn't like grow. He definitely yeah. has a distinct voice. Like it was almost like tailored yeah. for something like this, like that. It's Malachi. Re- yeah, really hard to like describe. It, it, uh, it reminded me of. The weird lady's voice from Poltergeist, like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, a little bit of Tangina in there. I wrote sure. down too. I'm like, this guy's cringy as fuck. Fuck this dude. <laughs> Even that that Amish hat really just tied the whole thing together. Yeah. yeah. So I gotta I say, I, I I love that actor in this role. I think that yeah. um, John yeah. Franklin as Isaac is maybe the best thing about this movie for me, uh, because the. I think he's really perfect perfect in this role because he does look very childlike, like very convincingly childlike. Mm-hmm. Um, before hearing him speak, I would never guess that he was 24 years old. I, I legit thought he was totally a child. Yeah. Um, when you hear him speak, you, it's still a high-pitched, you know, childlike tone, but there is a little bit of depth underneath it that kind of, I think... Um, reveals the fact that there there might be something else, that he's maybe not really a child but has some kind of you know physical condition um but the reason it's so perfect is he's so convincing visually as a child but he's also capable of very adult like mannerisms that i think are necessary for this character to have the like the authority and believability that he that he has to have to get these other children to like follow him to, yeah. to like uh you know do what he says like to in order to control them he has to have like a certain kind of authority to him and i think a real child actor would not have been able to pull that off correctly yeah. i think you know a child could have done a really good job trying to imitate an adult's mannerisms but it wouldn't be the same i think that this actor does it perfectly really yeah that's a good take yeah after. He's got like an evangelistic uh, sort of quality or like a Charles Manson sort of like vibe to him, like yeah. the way he commands the room when he speaks. And I don't know. Um, I did like the the meeting when the children meet. I thought that was very intimidating the way he's like speaking to them and mm-hmm. commanding them. And then they have kind of like a little like they, I said, them kids can throw a party like they have a moment where there's like <laughs> a little bit of a celebration. And the. I thought the place the the film loses me a little bit when the adults kind of like, I don't know, when they wander around Gatlin, like Mm -hmm. I get that they hit this young kid, Joseph. So they kind of want to make that right. But at the same time, they get to this town and like shit's off, like almost. I don't know. You could have probably just leave the body and fucking leave, bro. Like something's up. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I I hate to say that. I can't imagine, though, like if that were to happen to me realistically, I can't imagine even at this time period, like in the seventies, eighties, putting the body in my trunk, right? Like it would be Thank like a you. situation like, okay, one of us stays here with the body, and then I'll go yeah. to help, or 
we'll both go get help. We know where it happened. Oh, it's easier to clean up the trunk, I guess. I don't know. We'll bring we'll bring someone back here, the proper authorities. So that it, yeah, that is kind of a little weird. I agree with you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. And at first, too, I and I I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but was Linda Hamilton not aware that he did that? Because I remember, like, when they're driving, they like hit a bump or he like swerves a little bit, and you hear a jostling. And she's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "It's just my golf clubs. Mm. It must have been my golf bag." So, like, I was like, "Wait, I thought she wait." Really he, so saw he says that after they put it in the trunk. Yeah. So I don't know if they missed that in editing or if I'm missing something, but I, I, I had the same swore, thought. I, I could have swore she was aware that he, that he loaded up that kid in the trunk. Steve, did you catch that at all? Yeah. The way I understood it was, or the way I interpreted it was, she knew the kid was in the trunk, and when they heard the bump, she was asking what was that, thinking like, oh, fuck, is the kid still alive? And he's like, uh, no, uh, yeah, it's just my whatever. He was reassuring her like, oh, it's mm. just my golf bags. I'm a doctor. Don't worry. The kid's way dead. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I am a doctor. When he went, when he first <laughs> went back, house of learned doctors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he first went back with the sheet and the tire iron or whatever, I was like, is he just gonna beat this kid's fucking head in to make? Well, sure he's got to fit him in the trunk, Steve. Come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor. I need to make sure he's dead. <laughs> Oh, not quite. I, I better really kill him. <laughs> so. yeah. If I beat him with this tire iron and he doesn't make a peep, then we know he's dead. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Stand back. Oh, Lord. I didn't Can we really talk care for, a sec- for this guy, oh. by the way. For Bert? Peter, Peter Horton. Yeah, I didn't. Me too. I thought he was such a drip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never I heard didn't that, care for the adults I, that much. I feel like I know what you mean. <laughs> Good. It's an evocative term. Yeah, I was expecting both adults to get killed, honestly. Yeah, I almost wish they would have. So there is yeah. the moment where the children come to get Vicky, and I thought that was kind of startling. Um, but like I said, I thought oh, yeah, should have just house. like smacked them all up. Yeah. And they split up, which is just a mistake number one in a fucking scary movie. Like, Why yeah, would you do that's that? When, that's when they started to lose me a little bit too. Like, you're in this weird fucking town. Like, let's split up. Like, no, yeah. this is yeah, this can only Monopoly end poorly. In this ghost town with these two little weird kids. Yeah, Stay I here. did I'll like. Right back. So I liked. I as much as I don't like Bert's not like like you said he's a drip, but I do like when he's working with Job. I thought that was just really cute. Like. Like Job means well, and just seeing Job like show him around town and like hide him, and there's another moment later that I thought was really funny. We can get to, but Jacqueline, you wanted to say something. I was gonna say, can we talk for two seconds about how they get to this fucking town? They're trying to get to Hemingsford or whatever that the yeah. the gas station guy is trying mm-hmm. to give them directions to to get them to bypass Gatlin. Are they in the fucking Blair Witch or something? Because they follow his instructions yeah. and they follow all the road signs, and somehow they still get to Gatlin. Like all the road signs that they see along the way keep getting that was them closer before to they Gatlin. Hit the kid, right? No, no, no. no, this is no after. that's after. That after. He's uh, like, because remember, he tells the gas station guy, like, "Oh, do you have a phone?" He's like, hey, oh, yeah, "No like, phone. Have... You got to go to Hemi." Yeah. So, like, are, like. Is there some kind of supernatural bullshit going on here? Is it the Blair Witch? Because they're following the signs and still end up. Well, it's he who walks behind the roads. <laughs> Who's fucking rearranging the roads? Like yeah. it was. Well, just... I I felt like it he was. He who fucks felt, with the roads. I felt the same way. <laughs> nice. But they get to the last road, and 
it looks like there's some fuckery afoot with the kids because they like they point you to Hemingfair or whatever, and you get to the end and it kind of tees up or it dead ends and there's only like a right turn and then it says Gatlin four and it's aiming right and it looks like that's the only way they they could go. So I feel I explained that away like they must have fucked with a couple of signs down the road. I was gonna to say it, it would be a great like... if there was like a Looney Tunes moment where Malachi pops out from the corn and spins the sign. Yeah, and then he's going this way instead. He's going the wrong ninety way. miles to Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but, like. But- the guy gives him directions and is like, yeah. follow this road. Like, they don't even need the road signs. He's like, follow this road, stay right at the fork and go 19 miles and you'll be in yeah. Hemingsford. They yeah. literally come to the fork and they go to the right and just go straight and they still end up in Gatlin. Yeah. Okay, Unless the old guy was still in the pocket of the kids and that was what he would. It's like, okay, this is your prompt to say this. And we oh, he's supposed though, to they... be he's supposed to be leading them away from Gatlin. Yeah, it's odd though because like the kids come for him after. There's like that little bit of. Show but they explain him. later that their uh, Isaac's like to Malachi when he's chastising him. He's like, "And you killed the old man who he's like, we still needed." They his were getting resources from. Yeah, him. they yeah, needed yeah. his fuel for. And fuel. I even marked in my notes. It's like if something happens to that fucking dog, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. Yeah. it. I knew you were gonna be mad about that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, don't fuck with the dog. Sorry. And then like, you need I like to visit does the dog like, well, die comes into my clinic. I'm not going to help him. Like, okay. <laughs> you yeah. took a Hippocratic oath. Yeah. I was like, all right, guy. It's like, when yeah, you haven't even started your, yeah. you haven't even started your internship yet. And you're you ever, like, have, have you, you even started to, your residency? Right, you my ER. <laughs> um, so there's the time, there's the, Malachi turns on Isaac at one point. Um, and I like at first that was kind of a surprise to me. I just seemed because he seemed like a blind follower um, at first. But um, I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of like that turn? Because like to me, it felt a little unnecessary. Like, like it wasn't really earned. There wasn't that much of like a power struggle between the two that I that it felt that effective um, for me. I can see. I see the motivation of yeah. him to do that as believable but you're right it doesn't feel earned like we don't see any kind of ongoing struggle or attempt on his part he's just like all of a sudden like i'm in charge now and yeah, all the we, other kids are like we didn't spend time with the kids in town like you said like lord of the fly style where we see like you know uh the ranks of them and like we see isaac uh you know commanding everybody and maybe malachi disagrees with a couple of things and he's you know isaac has to like you know Oh no, you gotta cut you gotta follow me to the T, you know, or we don't see a moment where maybe he who walks behind the rose is sort of speaking to Malachi as well, you know what I mean? Where there's a moment where like he feels like he might be a channel for, you know, the entity, because the entity to me is is one of the lamest parts of this fucking film. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, so not fleshed like- out that well at all. So I feel like Malachi could be effective if he were more of like a Brutus character that like he pretends to be the loyal servant, but then he's he really has like um, ambitions of his own to seize power. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And has somebody whispering in his ear like, oh, you could do this. And so I I would. I agree, that would be more um, effective. We're getting real literary today. Yeah. Yeah. And like his his acting is like a little heavy handed. But I don't know if that's just like a ginger thing or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> ginger thing. Damn. Way to alienate like four percent of our listenership. Shit. Well, they don't have souls. So. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, gingers. 
The views expressed the by Heidelberg and Steve, Steve on the show it. do not reflect the views at large of the entire cut above. But they do reflect the views of waxing the porpoise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, so I have an opinion about the Malachi Isaac thing. Uh, yeah. could, be, could be completely unfounded, but so when Malachi finds the kids early on and they're listening to music and drawing things they're not supposed to be doing, and he goes back, tells Isaac about it, he's like, they're disobeying, whatever. And uh, Isaac is like, um, that's fine. Go ahead and send it back to where they are. And he says that the girl has the gift of sight or whatever. And so he sees the drawing of the the two people coming to town before they get there. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac starts telling people like, oh, I had a vision that people are coming to town. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Malachi is like, this is yeah. full of shit. He didn't see this thing coming. He knows this chick is some sort of kind yeah. of flirt. Right. That's so like, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Great yeah. observation. Yeah, I did. I didn't put that together. And that, but I mean, that, that show a little bit of the struggle of like the power struggle. Um, I mean, the guy for sure is still a demon, but, yeah. but maybe, but maybe he saw that like this guy's letting them get away with whatever because he's just channeling her power and pretending to know shit. So and who he, knows if like he was channeling it all along or like a while before because she was doing drawings like yeah, drawing the moment of the uprising of the mm-hmm. children which by yeah. the way she well, didn't age three years no is that how long it's supposed to pass since yeah, the uprising three yeah it says three years yeah. later really? which seems like a very unnecessarily long time frame like just say three months a day a month three like, weeks. yeah three weeks yeah. three even? years yeah. doesn't seem like enough time like yeah we it, it, for three i must have missed that because i for think three years, the, they, well, i think really I read the short story that. it was 10 years yeah so we like, should have was... really seen more of them developing their own community. Well, I think we should have seen the like societal structures break yeah. down more over three yeah. years. Like they and should be scrounging for own, food like, and versions like, water of and yeah, like they're eating rats and shit. Like... Because there is yeah. like a ritualistic I mean, eat so much corn. To, yeah. to these kids and their community, and it's interesting like to see children overthrow adults and like rule things. But like at the end of the day, like most of these children are just that; they're still children. You know, there's only a couple of the followers that are like in the know and old enough to do anything. And when you reach a certain age, you have to fucking sacrifice yourself anyway. Um, we did yeah. see a list. So that makes sense because we did see a list of people that have sacrificed themselves in the past, uh, in the mm-hmm. three years past um, in that book that they were signing when uh, I, ca- I can't remember his name. But when that one guy, uh, that ritual was weird, too. It's like you got to carve like a star David in your chest and. Star of David, dude, that was a pentagram. A pentagram. <laughs> well, I think it's a pentacle. They're very because... similar, right? Oh, shit. I'm just shit. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, yeah. what were you saying? I was saying, I think it's actually a pentacle before anybody read pens you, because a pentagram is an upside down star in okay. a circle. And I think right. this one was right side up. My bad, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then they, they drink the blood of the sacrifice in, in, the, in the church. Um, and that's when Bert comes in and kind of interrupts the whole procedure yeah he's like what the fuck's going on here i would have liked to see more of that though like see show us one sacrifice in the past or something like build on that lore of what's going on with this this sect of yeah i agree like maybe flashing back to a sacrifice or like the blue man the cop that would have been cool to see like how they ousted him okay so i was afraid to say this but it kind of sounds like maybe you guys are on the same page with me i was afraid that i was just too tired when i was watching this or like too dumb but i felt like and i've i've seen this movie before it's been a while but still i felt like i felt like i didn't really understand why any of this was happening it was like <laughs> i feel like there's like 
why do we need to kill all of the adults again? And like, why are all the children just going along with this? And why is Isaac just automatically in charge? It just feels like very thin. And I know that there are like brief references to that, but I just feel like it's pretty weak. And I'm like, but there, like, there are like if, if I'm gonna use that like forest for the trees analogy, I feel like there are a few good trees standing around, but I feel like I do not see the forest at all. Yeah, no, I, I, took, I agree. Yeah. I bought into it because I, I, knowing this is Stephen King, I took it as like the thing that walks behind the rose that computer glitch in yellow and red uh can i thought that that was like in stephen king's lore like maybe that was just another incarnation of like the man in black randall flag from the Mm -hmm. stand so i thought you know okay so maybe he you know got into human form or some kind of corporal form or just whispered in isaac's ear and got him hooked and then slowly but surely he kind of just took over all the kids and got them to buy in until they reach this kind of critical mass when they're like, okay, now we're gonna pull off this fucking stunt. So we, we never get a good look at the the he who walks behind the rose. We never no. hear his voice. We never we never see anything besides like the earth being uplifted when he's moving, which was you know it's a cool effect, but there's nothing ever comes of it. And then when we actually do see him in any type of form, it's that weird like '80s computer generated whatever. Like yeah. like you said, it was like a. It's like a yellow and black leopard print sort of like vibe. And then it turns red. Yeah. It turned um, into like the TV channel that you didn't get. Yeah. And like it just it like coats like... whoever it's taking. And then when That's Isaac funny. dies, Isaac's death is so fucking corny. His fuck. He's on <laughs> cross and the cross just gets uprooted and thrown into the air like 15 feet. Like, and then he's gone. He's, he's just gone. It's, it's, it's it. He's gone. It's like the end of Rocky horror when the house just like launches up into the air, like all at one yeah. piece. It was <laughs> so like... cheesy. Um, like, but like why does the corn need adults like i don't understand this it doesn't need them we're getting rid of the adults we need the children it's like i don't know it's like they need to take on a, a new uh, thing but here's so here's an interesting thing but they don't touch on it in this movie i don't know if i don't know if the short story does but in the sequel in the second movie they find corn it turns out that the corn has a mold on it that grows on old corn. There's an old harvest that they didn't get rid of, right? And mm. the old harvest has this mold that can, when ingested, like when breathed in or whatever, it can make you hallucinate and have like all these types of like symptoms that basically would make you think that you're seeing like a corn god or something. And it primarily yeah. really affects children. So the fact that the children are the first to turn I don't know if that's something that a thread that's actually in the books though, but the second film touches on it. They don't touch on it in this though. I would have liked that in this because then it makes you, because there's scenes when like Bert and Vicky are kind of walking around the town. It seems like corn and shit has sprouted out from like mailboxes and like their car later on's trash. And it's got corn growing out of the engine. And like, cause I was thinking like, did they just decide to like fucking interior decorate and like, exterior like the whole town and dress it up in this corn for like yeah. purely like ritualistic it's like they made crafts with the corn there's like little dolls made of corn and they're yeah the chibs are made of corn i was thinking like it, it almost it felt like that kind of vibe like the corn was taking over the town so i would have liked yeah. that to connect with what they dropped into if they could have like laid that in without it being 
having too many things trying to cram into one movie i would have liked some kind of like more like a supernatural or i mean that's not even supernatural you could ground that's kind of grounded in reality well yeah the threads i'm talking about from two are like if the mold was a thing that affected children first that would make it that's that could be a reason why adults didn't turn they didn't see any of this stuff but the children were all seeing this god like creature or whatever and then but they'd it, also uh, all have to be under the delusion that they have to kill or that it's like okay yeah, or at least most of, of them adults. yeah like i don't know it's a tough sell for me it's sort of like it sort of makes more sense to me than this like he who walks behind the rose which is like i'm fine i could get behind the fact that there's like this entity but the film doesn't do a good job of showing us that entity at all we see a clout and i see uh we see some weird computer effects from the 80s that just don't work uh, we see we see those POV shots of it at one point where like single sh- rows of corn are like slowly falling over in front of it as mm-hmm. if it's pushing them over. And it's like we're supposed to believe this is some kind of entity, but he's only slowly pushing over the corn like it just I thought it was lame too. how that dude. I think his name was Paul, the one, the guy that was going up for sacrifice and he does yeah. get sacrificed and it's way off camera and you just hear him scream and you just see like a, a cut of like the tremors <laughs> thing going through the yeah. corn and the dirt uplifting. That was so cheap. I was like, bullshit. I was like, oh, I, I got the tremors vibe too from that. Yeah. But it is cheap. They cheat. They skimp out on those scenes, especially because those are the like an, that need to deliver. Yeah. I have so like much information about all of this. <laughs> yeah. Cause we built up this entity. He who walks behind the rose. We never hear his voice. We never see him really. And when when we finally do get any deaths because of them or it's just kind of cheesy yeah it's fucking super cheese so i have Although, information oh sorry go ahead GB. no no no, you go um so well i have information um that explains something about like the form that he who ro- walks behind the rose is supposed to take and i have information about um how that effect was created with the dirt kind of like bubbling up under the thing and i also have information about why there were Specifically, why there were budget constraints. So, do you think that, uh, that he who walks sense. behind the rose ever walks behind them backwards just for shits and giggles? Moonwalks. I I, I don't know. You know, you um, walk you walk in the cornrow backwards. You, you know the joke. Anyway. I, you ever, you ever run backwards through a cornfield? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm just trying. You to catch one it. in the butt. <laughs> oh, back <laughs> okay. off, Nate. This is my bitch. What's wrong with that? Uh, so in the short story, he apparently he who walks behind the rose is vaguely described as a large green monster with red eyes. To me, that sounds super fucking cheesy. Um, yeah. In the script, the monster was supposed to physically appear and attempt to save itself by trying to destroy the irrigation system, only to ensure its own demise by accidentally covering itself with gas. However, the script gave no description of the beast, and so the art director could just come up with a design but he decided that since the budget didn't allow for an imposing monster to be created, he who walks behind the rose would be portrayed as an unearthly force that could affect the corn, the wind, the storm, and the ground. So I actually like that better than the idea of a green monster. I like the yeah. idea of it as just like an evil force that is like lurking in the corn. Personally. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to literally show me the entity. I, I do like the whole Tremors vibe. Like, I thought that was interesting. But like, I don't know, man. It's just like when when you finally do see something, it's just this weird storm cloud of like '80s electrical effects, and it just doesn't look great. Yeah, it looks like shit. It doesn't hold up at all. Yeah, 
I also caught that too, like uh, earlier when they go to ki- when they kill uh, Buddy's dog at the gas station, and then they they take him out before he's like, "Oh, Sarge," and like he's looking around in the sky, starts doing that weird shit. Like, yeah. Uh, I was like, "What's going on here?" I was like, "This is some supernatural shit." Like, or is are they just filming it this way, which is really stupid? But I mean, quantum leap. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of at the end you see what this thing is so it's like oh okay so it can manipulate the sky and make it look extra crazy but yeah i agree it looked like it looked like shit and i mean that seems like a pretty bit like it seems like yeah like an afterthought they just kept pushing it off like oh you know, we'll just make it this force because it's not in the budget to have a monster we'll figure it out at the end and they got to the end and they scrapped something together and that's why we get the, it looks like digital vomit I mean, you don't even have to deliver on that because like our theme for the month, um, creepy children, like just the kids coming to kill yeah. you. Scary enough. I mean, if you if you if you yeah. film, right, you know, well, also, this get... go, go ahead, Steve. Sorry, I was just going to say this. Get, let's get this gets back to a theme. Jim and I have talked about a few times with Stephen King books and short stories where he has a really good premise, mm-hmm. a good idea, but he has a very hard time sometimes wrapping it all up. Because mm-hmm. I, I agree with Jacqueline where it's like, okay, what's the fucking point? Like, what what does this monster gain from this whole... It doesn't make any sense, but the premise of this thing getting the, the kids to kill the parents, very good. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the difficulty he has sometimes in landing the plane uh, it just rears its ugly head once again. And, yeah. That's kind of why I like the idea of like this maybe being just like a mass hallucination with all the kids because of like tainted corn or something like that. Like that was the one thing that I kind of gravitated towards with the second film was like, oh, that's an interesting premise. They should have introduced that in the first one, at least given you that thread to pull on a little bit with like, oh, maybe maybe the entity's not real at all. It's just all in these kids heads. Mm -hmm. And Isaac's the one who sees it first, you know, and so that's why he has the word of the God, you know, and everybody else kind of falls in line and the rest that don't see it just fall in line because they're scared. Yeah. I do think that's an interesting idea and it kind of makes me want to watch the second one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll definitely be listening to giving back my um, action and horror movies to see, to hear their take on it. Like I'll, I'm fine listening to that without having seen the movie. I don't mind if it's spoiled, but um, so it, I, I also feel like, kind of a new a renewed sense of motivation to read this short story because i actually feel like stephen king he's you know he's one of my favorite authors of all time like so many people but i i do trust him to do to like do a better job explaining this whole story than i think the movie is doing and he did originally write the script for this movie but but it was thrown out um the director thought it was unusable Wow, <laughs> and hired somebody else to um to rewrite. Yeah, he doesn't it. really like these movies. Uh, I know that. Yeah, and so like they said, oh, the whole first <laughs> act, the whole first third was just Vicky and Bert arguing in a car, and then um the ending of the movie was supposed to mimic the end of the story, which is much more bleak, and it has Vicky and Bert both getting killed. Imagine and... that giving us character development for two characters and then later on killing them and us being like impacted by that. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. And so, I know what a concept to, died. So I don't know. I trust him as a storyteller enough to think that he made this 
have some kind of like meaning or importance to it um, that I think didn't come across in this film. I'm not saying that like his original script would have been perfect, but um, I don't know. But I also read that part of the reason there were very last minute budget cuts is because he supposedly right before filming began, Stephen King demanded more money Mm. for the rights to Uh. use his name and his story. And so they originally had a $1.3 million budget and they had to slash it by 500,000. And so they ended up with only an $800,000 budget. So that's not a lot. So, and it sounds like they may have already planned because since it was right before filming started, they probably already had a plan for how to create the, you know, the, the creature, the entity in some kind of physical form but then when you lose almost half your budget, it's like I'm sure they just had to regroup and resort to some like shitty computer graphics. Like that sounds... Jim, what yeah. if it looked like the being? <laughs> well, it's on the corner, like around here, we call that big money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the the horrors of big potato. We could have Yeah, this the, is uh, this could be the opposite of that with big corn. The corn uh, collective <laughs> being its mirror image. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm on the same page, though. I feel like something more ethereal, like kind of uh, like a force jives a little bit better than a monster would yeah. be for this. And I actually I did like probably my favorite part of the film is when uh, Isaac gets possessed and comes yeah. back and he's got that fucked up voice. And he's like, Malachi, you aren't you, you too. too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, and he's is all that supposed to be corn sticking out of his face or I don't know. I don't know, but he looked fucking super like Rob Zombified. Um, oh, bang! Worried. Uh, <laughs> nice one. That was a really. I was good wondering. Movie. I was wondering. Was really I was trying to feather it in for a while. We try to let the guests, the guests slip it in there. <laughs> I know. It's like you I love that Easter part end. too. I love when Malachi, when Bert fights Malachi, and Bert's just like smacking him around. He doesn't even punch him. He just like smacks him silly. Dude, wait. Well, the one thing before that, a little bit farther before this, is when Peter or uh, Peter uh, Bert is like kind of running through the town and trying to get away from the kids, and he clearly sees Malachi through the window, and he sees him, and he's like, "Oh shit!" and then yeah. drops down. <laughs> but he just part. crouches. He's still yeah. totally yeah. visible yeah. through the window. He's like, oh. and then Malachi comes into the into that that area, right? He's like, Ugh. "Yeah, Outlander." Yeah. Uh, but then, i'm gonna call my kids to dinner now he's like a neanderthal in <laughs> outlanders that's when uh that's when job kind of saves the day though he he yeah him and sarah show him like that little bunker area that his father put together yep and i really like the job character even though he was added on um joby i yeah. thought he had some great dialogue <laughs> uh later on when when they're burning the fields Oh yeah, Bert's looking for a way to hook up the, the hose man. to the alcohol vats, and he tells Vicky to get like get a thick rag, and because she's she's he's gonna make a Molotov, and Vicky just grabs like Job's like vest. his vest and just like rips it apart, and I'm like poor fucking kid, like but no, he's like that's not a rag. He wasn't tattered <laughs> rags really though. Um, but <laughs> there's a moment later when like Bert falls over in the fields and he's beaten by the corn stalks. Yeah, and they're like. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys, you can do better. Like, he's held down by the corn stalks. Like, they fall over on him. And it's just, it doesn't look very effective. And it looks the, like Jim Henson designed that. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's like they're holding him down. 
the weight of corn stalks and like the kid comes and helps him out. Job comes, a child, yeah. and helps him <laughs> up, right? And then Bert yells at Job, like, what are you doing here? Go back to the barn, hurry up. And it's like, what is he doing there? He's fucking saving your candy ass, bro. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Job even says, seconds, excuse me. And then 10 seconds after telling him to run back, he's like, how do I work this irrigation thing? Yes, like, he yeah. just fucking told him to run back. Like, which is it? And so, like, the plan to burn the crops, that's good, right? What isn't good is the creature that approaches after that. Like, we saw that part um, with the single stalks falling over in the 80s. Uh, crappy fucking effects. It's not frightening at all. But um, Bert throws the bottle, uh, the Molotov, and he slips, right? And it doesn't break. And he's on the floor like he's crippled all of a sudden. Like, I just can't get up. I can't seem to get up. Yeah. And Joe <laughs> runs over. And gets the bottle and comes running all the way back while the monster's giving chase through like the tremor effect. Yeah. Yeah. Job gives the bottle back to Bert and he says, Here's the bottle. Throw it right this time. Throw it right this time. <laughs> I love this. Thing. <laughs> Throw it right this time. Throw like, it right, you baby on behalf off, of bitch. the audience. Fucking Bert the drip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another weird like stumbling block I have with old Bert too is uh so right after Isaac gets swallowed up by the uh, TV glitch and his <laughs> ass blown is. up like the space shuttle. Uh, then he like starts, then he turns around <laughs> to all the kids and starts reasoning with them. It's like, this is what you believe. And like yeah. that sh- downshift felt really weird. It's like, and then he starts like, he gets in a scuffle with like four or five of them. It, it just didn't seem like, this is how it would play out after you just saw what you just fucking saw this yeah the computer glitch blob and it blows up like it would be mass chaos kids would be running freaking the fuck out like slashing like i just thought that was like a a, like tonally it was really weird and then isaac comes back right from the dead yeah then after that and then Bert's like, nah, I'm not having this. And he just bounces. Yeah, then they just all, then they all answer. He's straight. like, no, you know, it's like, you wouldn't shit. do it before. It's like, uh. yeah. And then, yeah, to me, the whole fucking, the flooding the fields, then the u- using, bypassing the irrigation and putting gas, that seems so fucking convoluted. And like, they're doing it in the space of like 30 seconds, lighting and lighting this whole field on fire. I was like, I didn't mind that. Oh, really yet another instance where I would have definitely died if I were in that situation. <laughs> I would have never figured that shit out. And then the corn blows yeah, up, like, right? And we what? get this sick animated beam of energy and a face <laughs> in the mushroom cloud. Like, that's the face of he who walks behind the rose, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Fuck. Oh, I didn't uh, This is also oh, one man. of the shittiest endings to a movie, in my opinion. The actual ending. I don't know if oh, that's like part the, of the fake budget. out with the chick that's in the back. That it's tries so to dumb. Like, so yeah. we get the one chick's hiding in the back seat when Bert goes to grab the map, and they're talking. Him and uh, Vicky are like, "What do we do with these two kids? Oh, we'll just keep them for a week, or like, yeah, because that's what happens with kids. You just keep them for a week or so." Yeah. Um, like, and they're like, to "We'll talk just to walk any to the nearest town, anything. which is like five miles from here. We'll walk with these kids uh, barefoot." But yeah, so they're gonna do that, and they but we need the map. Um, so they go to the car to grab the map, and the car won't start because it's got a bunch of corn stuck in it. You know? Yeah, it's the corn mobile. Too bad it couldn't run on corn if it was one of those type of cars. Don't they make some kind of ethanol, ethanol like yeah. ethanol, made yeah. out of corn? Yeah. yeah, this was before that time, though, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, eighty four. Not technologically advanced. They made a they made a mention at one point that we didn't need the fuel because we're making our own. 
Right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. I wasn't yeah, Malachi the says we... that when he's defending like his decision to kill the gas man. Yeah. He's like, we still need yeah, oil does. and gas. And he's like, we make our own now from the corn. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but poor, poor Joseph yeah, I'm enjoying just... your impersonations tonight. <laughs> From the corn. When did he become like a Mexicano fucking Chicano like gangster? You're so racist. I'm not. No, that's the voice he was. Making. I'm just kidding. I'm just. Anytime you say anything related to Mexicans, I just like yeah. to jump in and say that's racist. Uh, yeah, Those are my people, I say. Yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Mommy. like the, the, the chick. Um, she lunges forward out of the front back seat or whatever, and Bert like blocks her. She tries to hit kill him with like what a a a, a small like seeth or um whatever fucking they're called scythe scythe yeah um and then like he just like blocks her and like knocks that her out so dumb. oh yeah she she lunges forward and Vicky closes the door on her head that's what it is. There's would, like no wish... purpose to that scene. It was it's yeah. like just to add another it was little a jump scare, scare but it's not even really a yeah. good one. It was not like related to anything. And well, then and they then just the weird... walk away and and the end, end comes on like right away. Yeah, and, then, and there's like no music or anything. They're just like trudging away and it says the end and then it starts rolling the credits and you're just hearing them kind of like <laughs> muttering while they're walking away and you're like what the It just and, felt jumbled okay. together that ending. And Joseph is still in the trunk. <laughs> oh yeah oh my god you're right see i forgot about him see they didn't wrap that up Poor Joseph. Like, they're not yeah. concerned anymore about recording this child corn. death my goddamn burial what if they buried joseph in the corn and then last like you could have like a little um what's it called like one of those little end scenes where his his hands just come out of the the dirt or something. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. What if the cornfield is next to a pet cemetery? I was just gonna say, and they can go. just put Joseph in there, and then he'll come back again. Sometimes dead is better. A hard road. Thanks, it's hard. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that takes us to the end. Are you all ready to give your individual ratings of this film? Yes. All right. Um, shall I go first? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just realized I didn't come up with a unit rating, or I did, but now I forgot it. So, okay, I'll just talk for a while and hope that it comes back. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I I feel like there's so much that could be done with this premise. Um, and again, I you know, I really feel motivated to read Stephen King's story now because I suspect that old Steve had more meat going on in this story that, that hopefully pays off in a more satisfying way or has some kind of meaning to it. Because, like I said, I just, I don't, like, I can't see the forest for the trees in this movie. Um, there are some good trees, but... You mean the corn? Yes. There. Okay, the let me adjust the, the metaphor. I can't see the cornfield for the stalks. The stalks, mm -hmm. there it is. There it is. Uh, there are some good stalks <laughs> in there, but I, I just don't, like... It just doesn't all come together for me. I don't understand like the the purpose of the story. Um, it just doesn't. I don't know. So I I want to see if you know Uncle Steve did did better with that. So I feel like you know I I don't I don't want to blame Stephen King for anything that's that's happening in this movie that I don't like. Um, but I do like the premise, which I know I can credit him with. And like I said, I love the acting performance by. John Franklin as Isaac. I even really like the kid playing Malachi. 
Um, yeah. I think I think he does He's a good job. I think it. Sorry. I'd say he goes for it. He does, and I think it might have been his first acting job. Um, not certain about that, but I kind of think it might have been. And so I think that you know, as an inexperienced young actor, I think that's like a pretty good like commitment to the character. And I I do at times find him unsettling in in the way that I would be unsettled by anyone who's like overly aggro and you know violent. That's just like ooh I. I don't want to be near this person. Um, so I think he does a good job. Honestly, I, you know, Hyderberg, you mentioned the character of Job several times. I really don't love that character. I, I, I kind of find him annoying and um, literally difficult to understand. Like, I, I really, like, I, I had to have subtitles to have any clue what he was saying. Um, he's just kind of like a mushmouth little kid. Which... Yeah, he was annoying at the beginning because he's the one doing the narrating. Yeah, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So. I didn't love that character. And, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a huge ding against the movie. It's just not a character I really connect to. Um, Bert is not a great character to me. I almost feel like he's just kind of a warm body to be in like a role of like an adult who comes to the town and is in danger. Um, Linda Hamilton, I almost just called her Sarah Connor. Uh, (laughs) Linda Hamilton. I think is more relatable and you kind of, I feel like I'm able to kind of relate to her more as a protagonist sort of, and kind of be more concerned about what's happening in her point of view of things. Um, Not like an amazing performance, but like, okay. Um, I I do like her in general. Uh, I really enjoy that all the settings I like, you know, the kind of like rundown looking barn and I like all the I really like the cornfields and like when they're driving on the road when the two adults are driving on the road to come into town I actually find something really serene about these long kind of never-ending cornfields as far as the eye can see and it's very deserted and you know it's not a populated area and it's there's something almost kind of like tranquil about it that I really like which then I think makes a good setting for the mayhem that's going to unfold later. So I, I really like the setting. We already talked about the diner at the beginning, which, which I really love. I wish the movie had sort of kept up the the feel and the like pace of that, that early diner scene. Um, I've already talked about how I feel about the, the kids and how I kind of wish the dynamic was between the kids. I mean, it's been three years and these kids haven't aged at all and they're still like kind of, you know, the the little ones who are just followers, like they still kind of seem, some of them seem sweet. And I don't know, I just don't feel like it would be quite so civilized after three years. So um, things that I don't love um, also include, somebody mentioned it earlier, basically the kind of in, I think of it as like the in-between stuff where people are like roaming around town or kind of traveling from one place to another it gets real draggy and boring mm-hmm. for me. I honestly, it's a short movie, but it's like 93 minutes. But um, when we weren't like engaged in a conversation between like Isaac and Malachi or Malachi and the little kids or something like that, when we weren't engaged in like a personal interaction and people are just kind of moving about the setting, I found it really boring. And I actually found myself kind of, almost dozing off and I was like having to really keep myself granted I was tired but also I remember feeling that way the last time I watched it and I was hoping that 
with the purpose of like watching this to um like to review it for the podcast that I would be more like be able to like focus in more and dial in and I still found it very difficult I told myself the same thing and it took me three times separate times to get through this (laughs) okay so I don't feel so bad because it just um I just don't think there's a lot of meat on the bones for the for this movie and it's it was it was hard for me to remain engaged with it um again I think there's some good like raw material here I think there are several good characters here and I like watching some of the characters interact but beyond that without like a greater purpose or a feeling I don't feel like there's very much like driving the story forward yeah and, yeah. and so it's it's just it was just really tough it feels kind of a very like a meandering kind of movie to mm-hmm. me so i don't know for me that's like a cardinal sin like i can tolerate yeah. a lot of bad acting and i can tolerate weird you know out there premises and um you know i can tolerate all sorts of weird stuff but like if i'm having trouble paying attention or if i feel like i'm dozing off that's like a kiss of death for me so Uh, Oh, I will say there are some moments when I really like the music, like the incidental music in it, because it's there are moments when it sounds as if like a children's choir is singing the Latin, the creepy Latin music from the omen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like (laughs) the omen for kids. Yeah, I (laughs) do like the creepy kid chant. Antus Dominus or whatever it is. Cornemus, Cornemus. That's that's your new nickname, Cornemus. Cornelius. Cornemus Prime. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I do like the music in some parts. Let's see. Do I have any other notes? Um, uh, I kind of think that this could almost be like a cathartic fantasy fulfillment sort of movie for kids, which is why I will never show my kids this movie. Uh, but yeah. Adults that hate kids too. You could put yourself in Bert's. Steve. So I expect a ten out of ten rating from you, Steve. Yeah, or um, I would just watch it with him and be like, show him at an early age and be like, see that? That's you ever totally try realistic. This I'd take your ass out yeah. like that, yeah. buddy. Have you ever you been know? punched yeah. by a grown man? I will yeah. fuck you up. Just yeah, just show him. <laughs> okay, but I'm a little person, <laughs> and my shit. my six year old is almost as tall as I am, and I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm a I'm just, I'm a delicate flower. I'm not scary. I'm not scary. So I don't think my kids would buy that. You bring in that corner must by me. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. I'll toss this between the crack of your hey, ass. <laughs> so anyway, I think like if I had seen this as a kid, I actually think I might have loved it. But as an adult, it's too easy to see where the execution The adults flat. kept it from us as kids, though, obviously. Ex- exactly. So um, it was, you know, not, not, uh, not not shown to me as a kid so i don't know i i want to give this movie a good rating because i feel like it has good intentions and then it had some things happen to it with the budget and script change and blah 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 and um like i said there's some good raw material there so i will give this hold on let me think for a second um Dang, I had I had a great unit in my head before we started, and now I can't think of it. So I will give it five point five out of ten. Um, Outlanders. Sorry, uh, nice. that's not good, but I like it. Okay, I had something better. So if I think corn? of it, I'll just record it, record myself if saying it. Yeah, and if you think of it later, Hyderberg, you can just edit it back in where it's like throw it in post. 
five out of ten. Rah, rah, rah. Like uh, I need to throw this thing together tonight and get it out on the show. Yeah. So we'll stick with Outlanders. Outlanders <laughs> me. Was it corn cobs? No. it. I should have written it down. Well, you took you took one of mine, so if that makes you feel better. Oh, I was, okay. I was gonna go Outlander, but I I got a backup. Okay. Well, let's hear your backup. I'm sure it's much better. So G Baby, why don't you take it next? I don't know about that, but um yeah, I I feel pretty similar. I think you, me, you, and Steve are kind of on the same wavelength, or maybe we all are. Um, but and that addition, there, there was a couple points. The music came on. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty dope." Um, that we kind of glossed over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I this is kind of a snoozer for me. Uh, I wanted to like it more, um, but I mean. Mission accomplished by the parents. I mean, like pushing this off and then I watch it and it's like, yeah, this is whatever. You know, it's, <laughs> it seems super tame compared to like what I was conditioned to think in my yeah, mind. If only so you they, saw it when you were eight, you might have killed your parents after. But yeah, now. Go to, <laughs> if only now it's a 5.5. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, I would have become a heretic, but now it's just kind of passe. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about this and i i don't think i have anything else to add other than uh yeah bert i really didn't care for him and linda hamilton was kind of just there um the performances could have been stronger I mean, mm-hmm. the whole thing could have been uh you know executed a lot better but i am gonna give this four out of ten wow. i am the bringer of his word and the giver of his laws wow Wow. Okay. <laughs> that whatever for whatever reason he says that like two or three times when he's getting brazed by like Malachi. Yeah. I am the giver of his word and the, the... He sounds like uh, the lollipop kids when he's talking there. <laughs> we yeah. represent the lollipop. Yeah, he's like, I am the giver of the lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's stuck with me. And it's so. funny that that's because in number two there's a reference to the wicked witch. Um, oh really? Yeah, there's an old lady who a house that's elevated gets dropped on her. And then she says, what a world, what a world. And then her feet are sticking out from under it. Shut up. You're kidding, right? I am not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, man. That's awesome. She came right. down in a bubble. Four out of ten from G Baby. <laughs> Steve, what is your rating? Okay, it's tough. I have a lot of thoughts I need to unpack here. So first Lay of all... Jim just mentioned one of my favorite videos of all time where she came down in a bubble, Doug. So if you look it up, uh, Wizard of Oz, roommate, fight, you'll find it. So, so fucking funny. Um, (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about here. You've seen it, trust me. If if you don't, don't we'll have to clue you in. With this roommate about the Wicked Witch. So good. So this movie has a couple of of my favorite things, which is... um, Super brutal at the beginning. The uh, like the the meat slicer, love it. You know, tons of death at the beginning. Uh, I also enjoy an empty city. I like that a lot. Uh, usually, it's just in like a zombie movie, which I don't typically enjoy, but I do enjoy uh, an empty city and people roaming around it. 
And I also enjoy uh, violence towards children, which we've talked about God. endlessly on our podcast. Uh, once again, it's come up. Uh, I would have to give it... I would have to say six and a half stalks of corn. And I think that's fair. I think that's generous. I didn't think you were going to go that high on it. I mean, that's a D. D plus. Yeah. That's good, though. And the guy likes the movie. He likes likes violence against children. (laughs) I do. I would have preferred more. He's so earnest. And I I, I do. I I do. I can get behind your your, um, idea of like like an empty city or an empty town. It's like a desolate yeah. town. Like I do like the desolate n- nature of like this town. Um, it's, it, it just adds to the atmosphere. I, I kind of like that atmosphere of, uh, you know, something happened here and we're not quite sure of what happened and like what, you know, we didn't see everything that happened, but we know that like it's empty now it's, it's void of all life and yeah. the life that we know, at least in normal uh, like society and civilization is not taking place there anymore. And uh, now it's used as a place of like you know horror. So I do like that as well. And I too sometimes like seeing violence towards children when when it's you know warranted. Damn, when they deserve it. Yeah. Well, this is creepy children month. I mean, this is the point of these these creepy children got to go. You know, we need somebody (laughs) to bitch slap. We need someone like Bert to to come in there and and smack him around a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit, but a little bit. I didn't really buy it. Like he, I felt like he was holding back. Well, he's a doctor. He wanted him to really let loose. You know, he was worried about his practice. He's like, I have to be a doctor after this, and I I can't let word get out that I've been smacking kids around. Yeah, baby, remind me not to invite you over for dinner with my family. Damn. (laughs) Well, I mean, all like jokes aside, like I feel like you would be amped up a little bit more seen murderous children you know like you would be there'd be more of a struggle to like either flee or beat wholesale ass to like <laughs> so they don't kill me you you're know? right I don't, I don't think the film conveys that enough to yeah, us like, the, like the, i didn't feel like the, the risk or like the, yeah the, the, the there's no stake threat. yeah like beyond yeah. the first scene when they kill the whole town yeah uh, which is great but the film doesn't keep that same thematic like that theme going yeah the whole time yeah i didn't feel like the danger around every corner kind of and that might have been budget yeah. issues too like it seems like the film started on a great note and then like as the film progresses the worst part of the film is like the very end right like so like we gradually the film degraded over time as it was being made, it seems. Um, and they ran into issues with budget and Stephen King taking more money for Coke or whatever it was. was another motive. That's what they suspected. The screenwriter that they hired eventually said later in an interview, he was like, I think he, he's like, I found out later about his drug habit. I think he just wanted more money for drugs. Damn. Wait, when was that, Maximum Overdrive made? Yeah, I was going to say, I and I think that tie, this ties in with it, too, because he was sick of, because he notoriously hated the shine. Maximum Overdrive was made in 1986. Yeah, and he, he hated more money so he could make that movie. That's right. <laughs> he hated another adaptation, and then he hated this one. And then I think he, he was quoted as saying, like, you want to do something right, you do it yourself. And then he gave us the cinematic masterpiece of 
maximum overdrive, which it is like I like that, that movie. He was like high on coke the whole time that he was writing and and filming that movie. That's the only yeah. movie he's ever like his own story that he's himself directed, and the only one since, probably for good reason. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, poor Steven. Poor Steven. I still love well, him. I mean, He's still my if, man. If you guys have ever read the the short version of Shawshank, the movie is a thousand times better. Oh, dude, that movie. movie. Yeah, I didn't even know when I first heard that that movie was a Stephen King story. I was like, I didn't. I wasn't even aware at that time that like Stephen King had written stories that were in horror. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. so to understand, like, and then we won't. I watched that film as a as a at, like an adolescent. Uh, my friend's mom rented it and she was like, oh, I rented this movie, uh, Shawshank Redemption. We watched it and I was like against it at first. And then like I was like, holy shit, like this film, even as an adolescent, that film hit me. And then ever yeah. since, it's just always been it's one of my top 10 films of all time. It's great. But Steve, I got to disagree that it's a thousand times better than the story. I just... You think so? Uh, yeah i mean it might be better but it, i don't know that it's a thousand times better i think it's like a little better a hundred times ten times ten forty seven forty seven stalks of corn five hundred twenty five oh god <laughs> anyway guys i want to i want to review this okay what's your give us your review hydroberg sorry we got a outlanders <laughs> make way for my review i have your review i have your yes. woman it reminded me of like shout out to John, like the uh I'll get you, he man. I'll get you, <laughs> I'll get you Outlander. All right, Cornemus, go ahead. Uh yeah, so pros for this film. I do love I love the idea of the creepy children taking over a town. Um, especially like so methodically. Like that is the part that hits the most in this film is the beginning, man. Like it's it's the theme of the movie that you want to play throughout the rest. Uh, you want that tone, and it just doesn't give you that exact tone for the rest of the film. It gets a little convoluted with its like lore, and it stumbles definitely. Um, but that that first part is so strong. I feel like it it sets the tone for us enough that we're like, okay, we're invested enough, and then you know. As viewers, we realize like, yeah, it gets a little boring. Like, like you said, Jacqueline, this is not a long film and they could have done so much more with what they had. The short time they had, they could have dealt with things a little bit differently. They could have developed things a little bit differently, characters or the lore um, that would have just gripped you a little bit more and kept you engaged more. Um, so that is a detriment. I think it's a super interesting premise, though. Like, I do love the premise of, like, creepy kids taking over town. I love the idea of, like, maybe a corn god or maybe based on the sequels, uh, uh, like a mold or a spore or something that did something to these kids. I don't know if that's something that comes into play in this first film, like with the actual the creation of the, the story. I didn't read the novella. So um, but I think that's an interesting thing, idea if it was like a mass hysteria sort of deal. I do think uh, that this does have a great score, though. I do think the creepy kid chant fucks. It fucks. It's a. It's one of the best parts of the film. The cornermos, you know. <laughs> I like it. That's one of the funniest things you've ever said. Yeah, the the two main <laughs> villains, I think Isaac and Malachi. I thought they're pretty good. Um, I wish there was more of them. Uh, I do like the back and forth between them, and I like. Um, I could just see this like kind of structure that they set up over time. I didn't realize it was three years, but 
Like I could see that I would, yeah, they should have really developed that a little bit more though, but I could just see this sort of like we have our commander and we have his right hand or his general, whatever, like, um, and he's, I feel like Malachi is the guy that comes and takes you. If you're going to be like lynched or like given up to the, tr- to the corn God or whatever, like he's the, he's the muscle, yeah. uh, you know? And I think he does a decent job with the acting. Yeah. He's over it, It's, it's heavy handed, but it, you know, it works in the scenes where he's like, Outlander. Like, I just dig it. Like, and this is a, a, a young kid. And one thing that makes me wonder is that like the turn of like him trying to uh, overtake Isaac, maybe it's because he realizes like he's coming of age where he has to sacrifice himself. So if he comes into power before that, he won't have to do that. Maybe you know he can what do I mean? something about it. Yeah. yeah he could stop That's himself because at 19, he's, he's older. He's, he's definitely yeah. older than Isaac. And, um, it, you know, if he came into power and he, and he was able to channel everybody and like say, Hey, I'm now speaking to he who walks behind the rose. Then nobody would be like, well, you need to sacrifice yourself. He'd be like, well, well whatever. Yeah, there's <laughs> a new amended it to 26. Yeah. We amended it. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, now it's 21, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway. That's a really good uh, point. Have more of the corn. <laughs> so yeah, but cons like I could do without the little kids narrating. Like it was just kind of annoying. Like I do like Job as a character because he just says some witty funny things i love the way he just like fucking like tears ass on on bert as a character like like you're in you're you're an adult and this little kid's like telling you like throw the bottle properly this time (laughs) i just love that and he saves your ass twice like i just love that um but he is a made-up character so i could see like the actual story probably being better they're all made up characters hydroberg oh yeah yeah so words and everything (laughs) like that but um the acting just it wasn't all that good to me either. Like my girl Hamilton just wasn't she was kind of bland. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like she the Sarah Connor, she was not in this film. Yeah, I like I wanna give her so much credit. Yeah. I liked her like, better in the beginning, her, but, but like towards the end she was just phoning it in. She was like, Yeah, burn the crops. Yeah. Like <laughs> it just wasn't it just wasn't hitting for me. Um you could see like you could just see this film kind of lose itself as it went along you know and i don't know if that's just speaks on like how it was created or what but i also think the pacing of this film is all over the place it starts out a little slow which is fine to build story which i think would be good like based on what you said about the real the story of uh the screenplay there's more time spent with bert and vicky which maybe it would have helped out but then it just sort of ramps up towards the finale and it picks up speed before ever really establishing like a great story or a premise other than the children killing adults and taking over. Uh, the two adults, come, they come into town and they set things right. And it's just very bare, bare bones, you know. And then the end, they walk away in the end, you know. It's just yeah. like, OK, uh, fine. I just felt like deflated when it ended. I was like, that's it. Yeah. Um. The infighting between Malachi and Isaac, like I said, really didn't do anything to help the plot along. Like it could have more, but it just, I don't know. It was like a, it kind of be. It wasn't. I don't know. It didn't really service the plot that well. The way they did it, it I wouldn't have minded if it was there. Just the way they they built it up. There wasn't enough build up to that. Um. There was no real payoff to the build up as well as he who walks behind the rose. It's a cool idea, but not fully fleshed out. It's just a computer generated cloud. It just it sucked. It really sucked. Uh, the 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 earth being on earth. Uh, that was cool. Nothing happens from it, though. Nothing comes out of the ground and grabs people like even the corn stalks like they fall over on people like it is very lame. 
Um, and the stakes, they're just, there's no threat, real threat, or just, it just never felt genuine to me in the end. So with that said, I'm going to give uh, 1984's Children of the Corn, I'm going to give it five out of 10. What are we giving it? Um, corn stalks? No. Um, I said Outlanders. Outlanders. She Outlander! said I'm the bringer of I'm going to give it five out of 10 interlopers. Interlope. Okay. You know, I, I'm going to change my score. Yeah. I originally gave it a 5.5. I'm going to give it a five. I think it's I like. Can't. I, I, I wrote it down already. The internet can never be changed. Yeah, I can't. I can't change that. No editing. Allowed. The Google Doc says right now. It says no. You're not allowed to change anything. It says no, Jacqueline is what it says. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. I think it's like, I think it's like right down the middle. It's it's this is a middle of the road film. Like I want to like it more, based yeah. on like, yeah. It's just it's, yeah. it's I don't know. It, it's it's a not cool a horrible film. film. It's not horrible, yeah. but it's just eh. yeah. Five five for me. I get it. Like you want to like it more, but you have to rate it on what, how you, how you viewed it. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. I think it's reputation says that it should be higher. And like, maybe people like think back, you got nostalgia if you've seen it earlier in life. And then, you know, it's a Stephen King and children of the corn like that. Like when I hear like, you know, children of the corn, you think my mind automatically uh, connotates like, uh, you know, like that thing that I was told not to watch when I was younger, you know? And so yeah. The, yeah. That goes back to our, like, it's like a forbidden things. air to it. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a certain nostalgia to films that like younger generations don't, don't get anymore because we, we, we used to see these films as we walked through the video stores and we saw like the cassette, like Jim, you mentioned the cassette tape, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I mean the VHS uh, mm-hmm. cover and like, those were things that like, influenced our picks and or like why we didn't pick things as kids right yeah avoided and we don't get that anymore you don't get that from a menu screen online anymore like on a screen yes these were physical things emotions that came elicited from us while walking through the video store like mom would be like you have 10 minutes pick something and you're walking along and you're like i don't know yeah that film it looks it looks (laughs) weird now you'll scroll through Netflix for like an hour yeah, and like waste all the time you had to watch something. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. To be honest with you guys, I don't really, I don't really understand why this movie is considered a classic. Me neither. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's, it's like just about when it came pantheon. out. I, I think more than anything else, kind of like we've been talking about with the reputation that kind of um, over inflates it in our, in our memory and in our, yeah. like the way we think of it. I, I feel like if anything, it's just like the title that has become kind of a part of like yeah. our cultural, our mutual or like our collective cultural understanding. Like I think a lot of like most young people nowadays have never seen this movie, but I think most people have heard the phrase children of the corn. And I think mm-hmm. it sort of conjures this idea of like pure evil in, in a child. Um, it, yeah, it's not the same like way that. that you can say Damien and everybody knows. Um, yeah, right. But I, but unlike the Omen, this movie just does not deliver the. It doesn't deliver the kind of image that that you create when you hear the title. But it, but yet, that connotation still remains when you use the phrase. I, I think the title has more power than anything in the film. Yeah, yeah. totally. I did eat some corn though, like a day later <laughs> after watching. <the> film. <laughs> You started scratching behind your ear and felt a little stalk starting to sprout yeah. out. 
<laughs> what if uh, yeah what if one of the kids developed like a corn a mutation like he, he was like the dude like stephen king's character from creep show where he was like oh yeah what it fuck what is that called the uh what is his name it's a meteor fuck, <laughs> I, I can't remember his name. name yeah i feel like we're losing our horror cred right now by forgetting his name <laughs> yeah I know what you're saying. It. We all know it. We just can't think of the it. The ballad of something, something. What Trust fuck? us. It's like anyway. fucking Judd Clampett or something. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, I I don't have a lot of trivia left. I ended up kind of sprinkling it throughout, so I don't have much trivia. The only thing I will say, um, I I mentioned this before. Couple kernels here and there. A couple little kernels popped in here mm-hmm. and there. Um, the only thing I will say is I, I mentioned before that in the short story. Vicky and Bert, Bert both die. Just to give you a little more detail on that. In the original ending, um, Vicky gets killed by the children. You know, they hang her up on the cross, you know? Yeah. Um, so she dies on the cross and they cut her eyes out, which I think is pretty, like, that fucking brutal. And I wish they had done that. Wow. Um, and then Bert discovers Vicky's body and then gets killed by he who walks behind the rose. Wow. And what did he who walks behind the rose do? Stick a corn cob up his ass or what happened? Yankee doodle dandy. <laughs> <laughs> All these children. Mm-hmm. No, I, there was one uh, someone said, I think earlier on they're like they're like, You're not lying, are you? I think it was Job and Sarah, maybe and one of them's like, Cross your heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in your eye. And I was like, Fuck. I remember being a kid and just like miming that and like I haven't thought of that saying in so fucking long. Yeah. I was like yeah. that was kind of a cultural artifact that I had long forgotten. So I do kind of like the fact that those characters, maybe they were created for the movie, but they do keep a little bit of the innocence of what childhood is like, where yeah. most of the other kids you don't get that from them because they've all they've all they've all subscribed to Isaac's you know bullshit. So I think that was a good choice on the part of the hired screenwriter that yeah. maybe Stephen King didn't contribute to the story is mm-hmm. the idea like it's just not really plausible that like every single kid is going to buy into this, yeah, um, especially younger kids because. Like when you're a little kid, like your your whole world kind of revolves around your parents. If you have like a kind of a, a conventional upbringing, like your yeah. world revolves around your parents. Like bef- until yeah. you're like pubescent, when you start relying more on like the input from your friends, and like your, I feel like your friends kind of raise you from that point on. Before that point, like everything revolves around your parents, and I feel like even a very charismatic and convincing like preacher type is not going to necessarily be able to convince you that like, oh yeah, you no. should kill your parents. Like I just, that's well, tough. That's a tough one to swallow. Especially when he witnessed his own dad getting his shit, his throat cut in the diner. Like, uh, it's yeah. gotta be a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. While drinking his milkshake. Yeah. With no straw. With no straw. No straw. Also, no kid would do that. My kids, like, they won't drink anything without yeah, a straw. Yeah, kids want straws. <laughs> like, I want a straw. Yeah, there's the more no straws way, the better. Straws no with curbs on ha- them. And... Heretics would have been able to wrangle these smaller kids. You know, like, I picture like a fucked up like daddy daycare. Like they're trying to like take care of all the small kids and <laughs> they're just being little shits. You know, like, yeah. Here's some corn corn figures. Yeah, come get corn your action corn figures. And they're like running around the barn and like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no way they're like keeping everything. every like, meal is corn. 
Yeah. Like for the next three years. Like I'm so tired of corn. I mean, corn is pretty delicious. It would take a long time. How long corn. do you think you guys could go yeah. just eating exclusively corn? I think I would burn out really, really fast. On it would make your duty really fucking interesting. Yeah. That would be <laughs> weird. All day. You'd be getting a lot of like fiber and whole grains in your diet, though. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of sugar in it. I know that. but yeah, I feel I the feel urge like... to go like Bubba from Forrest Gumballs and be like, Corn soup, corn, corn, steel, corn, corn salad, corn, corn on the chowder, cob, corn, corn burger, corn fritters, corn kebab, corn meal, <laughs> cream popcorn, corn, sweet corn, cream white corn, 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 Next week we have a great show coming up for you guys. I, th- I think it's going to be a fantastic episode. It, I'm Hyderberg. I, I don't know how to express to you how excited I am for yeah. your pick next so week. So next week we're going to be covering the Ring from 2002 Ooh. with special guest Justin, aka Soju from the Straight Chill oh, Podcast. I, I honestly don't know if I've ever been more excited for an episode. That's well, awesome. you named your daughter after this movie. So I hope- <laughs> My daughter's name is Samara. So. Have you ever uh, seen Ring, uh, Steve? I don't think so. Really? <gasps> Steve. Oh, my God. Do you want to come That's on the show? No, I'm just <laughs> Not judging, but just pitying. Because this you're is one of those out. movies I want to cram down your throat, Steve. I just want to be like, watch it. Like a big <laughs> wad of hair. <laughs> I'm aware of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. You yeah. should oh check it out. No, I just just That's get rid good. of like that stigmatism of like what you know about it and just just enjoy it just watch it for what it is and then you know what i mean i hate to like I, the hype is i get the hype of any movie you hear about Sorry, it. i didn't mean to hype it no i mean there is reason okay. to hype this movie for in my opinion but yeah, um i'd agree yeah seven, uh, seven days there you go. Oh, see, he yeah, knows. So you're, okay. you're familiar. It's, uh, Strong it's recommend. streaming on Pluto and Paramount Plus for free, I believe, and anywhere oh, cool. else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. So, yeah, that's going to be a great episode. Um, rounding things out with our creepy children month. And I think what a way to, to wrap it up. Hell yeah. yeah. Going out with so, a bang. Going out with a bang for sure. So, creepy children in that film. So, we'll see. Sure are. For yeah. sure yeah, are. The little son is a whole Yeah. That's, that's one of my yeah. His drawings. That's, He's actually the reason that I chose this team in general, to be honest. But we'll speak on. He's that the reason that what? He's the reason that I actually created this theme. Oh, oh, really? Are you You're serious? Inspired yeah, by a, his he's creepiness. A, he's a creepy kid. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. So okay, everybody. Next week we'll be back with the ring. In the meantime, you can send us your corn recipes at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at Cut Above Horror. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And you can catch us on Facebook at a cut above colon uh, horror review. Also, a uh, special thank you to everyone who's given us a five star rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. We really appreciate that. And for anyone who hasn't yet, we'd appreciate it if you could give us five star rating or review on either of those apps. It helps yeah. us out. Help us grow. Also, shout we out. Grow. Uh, I want you guys to um, promote, uh, plug your podcast. And also, Jim, I want you to promote. Um, we were both on uh, Cinema Slab um, covering yes. The Last of Us. I was on the first two episodes of that covering 
uh, episode one through seven. And then you were just recently on covering episode eight and nine. Yeah, uh, I it was like a real impromptu thing uh, two nights ago. Fuck, I don't know what it was. Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Uh, it's all right. Uh, yeah, the gals at uh, Cinema Slab, check them out, podcast, uh, Anna that and Hannah, uh, they put out a call on the Straight Chilling Slack, and they were like, hey, we're about to record on Last of Us, see uh, episode eight and nine, anybody want to jump on our, our other post bailed or something, and I gave it up about a half hour, and then I was like, all right. I was like, I'm down. I'm not doing anything. Kids are asleep. So uh, I gave them a shout and they were like, cool, let's do it. And I had a great time with them. They're uh, super cool gals. Uh, we talked about Last of Us, which I'm super high on right now. And I had just finished, I don't know, like last week or the week before uh, the series fin- or the season finale of season one uh, of Last of Us. So yeah, we get into episode eight and nine, which episode eight was probably my favorite. That one yeah, episode eight is amazing. Yeah, no, no spoilers. Check that shit out if you haven't. Steve, get on the Last of Us train. It's dope. I've been, uh, I've been waiting for it to. Yeah, it's done. To be over. Yeah, you can binge them all now. That's the yeah. first season's over, and I think that's gonna. They're, I think they're gonna take like a year and a half or two there's year. Also, break. a there's a making of like that's fifty minutes. Um, that's yeah. pretty interesting too. I recommend checking it out oh. if you like the like how things are made. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Super, super cool. But Jim, I, I listened to that episode. You were awesome. As usual, and Thanks, man. The, the girls were great. Uh, it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I was a little jelly too because I was like, I was on the first two episodes. I was like, damn, I couldn't make that last one. And I really wanted to talk about those episodes, but uh, you guys touched on my question too. You touched on it not willing, not knowingly. Like you kind of just started talking about the subject that I mentioned as my question because Anna was like, "Do you want to like leave a question for us at least to talk about?" And the question I left you just mentioned right away kind of and oh nice yeah it was it was super natural i liked it <laughs> very superstitious <laughs> um, yeah so check them out cinema slab uh awesome gals uh they got a really cool show they have a cool vibe very very welcoming so thank you again to them um and then for me and steve you can check us out waxing the porpoise just type it into the internets it's a series of tubes uh we're anywhere you listen to podcasts so yeah check us out i think that come out it's a really good show next we're uh we're going over alex murdaugh yeah oh boy kind of the aftermath uh we're gonna have old buddy thon from uh, oh cool oh wow ghoulish university that's awesome uh, me too nice yeah, he's got some strong opinions. Uh, Steve's got some strong opinions. So send your hate fun. mail. Send yes. in the hate mail. Then hate you mail. really? I, I'm gonna. I'm Did you I'm, say the Nate like, mail? Hate mail. Oh, yeah, they said the Nate mail. He's always asking for hate mail. Nobody sends it in. I'm, I'm thinking about just coming up with a fake like profile. We got one piece of hate mail that was under the auspices of you that I don't. Yeah, that wasn't me though. It's one of the harder times I've seen Steve laugh. I like, wish yeah. it was me now. Like he really got how much Steve. Took it, took to it. <laughs> it's because you didn't like the burbs. And, and, and yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest, whoever it was that like spoke on my behalf, did, <laughs> he did. He did say a couple of things that I wished at the time of you. I was like, <laughs> I still think it was Bob. It was. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it was I'll, Bob. I'll spill it. Yeah, it was. It was, it Bob. was Bob. He, he was doing something weird, pretending to be. Uh, okay. He's the dude we had on for uh, the. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It was Bob. Yeah, he's a he's a card. 
You gotta watch him. <laughs> oh, he's such a card. <laughs> yeah. You're but, a real card, Reed. It was funny. Uh, I just kind of wanted to put it out there that it wasn't me, though, because I just didn't want it because I was going to come on your show at some point. I was like, I don't want Steve to think that, like, I'm the guy who wrote that. <laughs> no, he just no, he just said it to us behind. I like, wished you like this the motherfucker pretending to be me. <laughs> I, was like, I hope you have like shits from jalapeno peppers. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, there was something in, in, the, in that email that was just so nasty. Was like, Dude, it, it was hilarious. Though. It, yeah. it cracked me up. Yeah. It's, a, it's the hardest I've laughed in a very long yeah, time. It was good. Yeah, for it sure. was good. So I almost wanted to take credit for it, but I was like, I can't. I can't do that. Good time. But yeah, go yeah, check out Whack for- the Porpoise, definitely. Please do. It's it's a unique and wonderful brew or stew or something. I don't know. It's melange. a melange, if you will. Oh, if you will. There he goes. Oh, dude, I love it when uh, when you drop melange and then right after Hydroberg, you're like, oh yeah, it's just like a bang bang. It fucking <laughs> kid. It's oh. my tuning fork every time. <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, guys, it was so much fun having you back on again. You're like you have such good insights on the movie. I love I love it when I align with you guys. Um because I appreciate your takes, I respect your takes, and if I feel like I don't like being an outlier or an outlander. Or an outlander. Outlander. Yeah. Oh, I oh, I don't like uh, you know, I don't like hating on a movie if everybody else loves it and um you know, I respect y'all's opinion, so it kind of feels validating to line up with y'all. So, um, all right. Well, next week, I I hope it's a great show. Um, I just I feel a lot of anticipation for this one. I hope you guys will come back and join us next week to finish up Creepy Children Month, watching The Ring from 2002. By the way, we're talking about the American remake, yes. not Ringu from I think I want to say 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Catch the Ring from 2002, American remake starring Naomi Watts on Pluto TV and Paramount Plus Paramount, yes. streaming. So we'll catch all y'all next week. And don't forget also to check out uh, Spoils of Horror and uh, give me back my action and horror. Yes. Uh, Sorry, please. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's yes. fine. And until then, keep it corny. <laughs>